0: Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money for my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise your podcast. That means that you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. So if you always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm forward slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Come on, guys. One more
1: minute. Hear that? It's the
2: sound of rewards points in use. Because when you transfer credit card balances from your holiday spending to the ESL Rewards Visa Signature Credit Card, you earn points to accumulate and redeem for cash back to help shape up your finances. A special 12-month intro rate also saves you money on balances transferred from higher-rate cards. So make the ESL Rewards Card your go-to choice every day. Apply online at esl.org visa. Membership subject to eligibility. ESL is an equal opportunity lender. Blog Talk Radio.
0: It knocked up Coming at you live is the standing eight count And it starts at before the first one, I'll make a back down. I'm coming for the crown and no, we don't back down. I beat the track down. Streaming loud, the crowds don't react. Wow, pound for pound. i the best in the game. Hand, hand, hand. The way I stand out ain't looking for a hand out. I'm undisputed, gassed up. and never ran out. the I'm underrated, undefeated. And hey, I'm ladies and gentlemen, episode number 14 of the one and only standing eight on stand count radio. We are live coming at you in a normal slot. Elijah, how's your how's your uh, snowmobile incident that I heard you just had?
3: Oh, my God, man. The car <laughs> hasn't been out of the garage in, like, three days. Is it already 14 episodes? Yeah,
0: yeah, 14 episodes in. Ironically, too, I wow. looked at it with everything on the blog talk. Uh, tomorrow's edition of WrestleCast Radio will be episode number 700 for the entire network. Jeez, getting up there. It's it's been a long journey. We've we've been dealing with the biggest snowstorm that we've seen in the month of April. This is for Minnesota. This this month is the this is the most snow we've ever seen in the month of April in the entire like longevity of the state of Minnesota. And it's going to continue.
3: I think you might have gotten more snow than we got here. Actually, honestly.
0: Oh, it's it's uh it's horrific up here. They're talking about three to five. On,
1: yeah, it's still snowing
0: right now. Um, oh man. They're saying there might be another three to five on Wednesday. <laughs> what? <go>. Yeah. <laughs> man, I'm I'm so sick of this bull. Time to we're time to move. We're gonna move to Vegas. We get more boxing. But speaking of getting boxing, we had a tremendous evening Friday night. Finally got boxing back in the state of Minnesota. We were there at the Armory in downtown Minneapolis, right next to U.S. Bank Stadium. So we got a whole rundown of that show coming up right after break. It was awesome. The venue was tremendous. And Elijah, you know, barring the weather, that place was still packed. It was great.
3: I believe there was... I think Rob kind of came by and showed us, like, numbers of attendance. And I believe there was almost 4,000 people in-house there. That night, which is crazy considering the weather. I mean, they definitely, the fans definitely showed up and showed out for the state of Minnesota and, and supported their local boxers. It was fantastic to see.
0: Yeah, I mean, and the venue was tremendous. The, the, the getting into the building was a little bit of a chore. Um, obviously, Jordan got the special treatment with you because you had our passes. But uh, getting in through the fan entranceway took a little bit of time. But I tell you what, once we got through um you had no waits at anything you were doing. Everything was clean. We didn't really have to wait to get any any kind of refreshments or anything or bathroom or nothing. It was just it was tremendous service, tremendous staff, tremendous building from head to toe. Uh, just a tremendous experience. I cannot wait for the Armory to hold some more boxing events because it was it it felt like it it was you know what I mean like it felt like it meant to be there. Once again, like it was in the past, because it was such a perfect-looking scene when we were there.
3: Yes, I mean, just everything about it. I mean, if you like if people, you know, people like to drink and stuff when they're going to these type of type of events. I mean, there must be like thirty or some thirty or so bars, like individual bars, like around the entire like like ring area. Up, you know, like up, like kind of like. I, I'm not trying to... I can't think of the word, but you know how, like, their sitting area... Yeah, surrounding like your
0: entire lower bowl there. Like, the whole yeah, lower like, level, like, each wall was a was a stand. Like, one yeah. giant connected. It, <laughs> it was
3: nuts! And then they had really nice VIP seating, too. Like, up, even a little higher, they had, like, these, like, VIP areas, and, yeah, man, that place is just... They re- remodeled it beautifully. Um... I'm actually going to probably be going to the Slayer concert that's going to be there next month, and I mean that place is going to be a great venue for boxing, for concerts. I mean it's going to be it's going to be lit.
0: Yeah, and the acoustics sounded great there with all the you know the in between round music, the entrances, it even just even just the sound of, of the fights were, were really good. So tens yeah. around the board to the Armory, cannot wait to do it again. That was tremendous. Uh, so we're going to break that down in just a moment after we come back from break. Also tonight, we're going to be talking the Showtime triple header on Saturday with Broner and Vargas. We got the Davis-Qualar fight. Uh, Charlo's on the bill. I, I'm trying to remember who Charlo's fighting. I don't know why. I just mind-blanked on it. But um, three great fights coming up on Saturday. We're going to break those down. Uh, also, we're going to talk just the latest news and rumors going around Including what's going to happen on May fifth with Triple G, if anything more is developed with Wilder and Joshua, Heard and Charlo are starting to make some noise here. I want to I want to see what uh, Elijah's opinion of what Austin Trout must be thinking here, kind of kind of in the in the middle of of the Charlos and Heard battle, not getting any recognition, so just a lot of fun to talk about. I'm really excited to break all that down. There's a lot more as well coming up in the next couple of weeks, so we'll probably get you through the rest of uh, rest of April up until Cinco de Mayo weekend, just because there's so many good fights. Uh, Ryota uh, Murata made his uh, American TV debut from his fight over in Japan that they showed on ESPN. Dominated six-round win, so once again, the CSPN Plus thing we've been talking about is already getting some steam with more fights. Can't wait to see what is coming up.
4: Uh, and, and you know, any other
0: banter, randomness that that anybody wants to talk about, or we got, we'll give it to you as well. One three four seven eight five seven ten sixty is the number. Um, I don't know. I may answer some calls tonight. People oh, calling the lot.
3: One thing I was going to say, we didn't really break down the Lara Hurd fight from last week. We kind of we kind of skipped over that, so we could maybe. Maybe do that tonight, too.
0: Yeah, definitely. We, we can get into that, too, once when we talk. Uh, about that,
3: that fight was tremendous.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I was saying to you, my DVR turned off right as they were going to announce the decision. I, was, I think that's why I forgot what
3: we and were talking about. I pulled, up, but... I pulled up the Showtime card. It's going to be um, Bronner, obviously, versus Vargas. Charlo's going to fight uh, Hugo Centauro Jr., uh, and Javante yeah. Davis and Jesus Quellar are going to be on their on the card too. So yeah,
0: that that was I couldn't remember who who Charlo was fighting. I remember everything else, but yeah, we'll we'll talk that here. So we're going to let Alex break down here as per normal. FML Solutions they have a great great product that you need to get. The inventory is almost gone. Patent pending is taken care of, so price will go up guarantee it so if you want to get it and you want to get it cheap like everyone else did pick up your inventory now alex tell them all about the product we'll be right back breaking down PVC from friday standing a coat strong
2: style media looking to get a head start on deer hunting season let fml solutions point you in the right direction hi alex from strong style media here letting our listeners know deer season just got a heck of a lot easier fml solutions offer a fantastic deer stand that only takes 30 minutes to assemble and disassembles with no tools required. The best part, though, is its ingenious design allows it to double as a cart to haul your trophy back to the truck. FML Solutions is a made-in-the-USA product manufactured right here in Minnesota. Check out FML Solutions on Facebook by searching FML Solutions INC and visit FMLSolutionsInc.com to learn more about this innovative
5: gear stand. Most people would consider this illegal.
4: illegal.
5: What
0: was mere vision suddenly became a reality. When you put a bunch of entities together and you bundle into one giant conglomerate, baby, you get strong style media. My name is Ryan Cook. I'm the chairman of our company, and I'm here to tell you that each and every week, Sunday through Thursday night, we give you the best in Radio. For boxing needs, standing eight count radio. For pro wrestling, we got Wrestlecast. We got your sports knowledge covered with Sportscast. You like movies? The pop cultures are where it's at. And for all your local hip hop, Soda Sound Radio. Make sure to subscribe, like, comment, rate, share, follow everything you got. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Radio TuneIn, and more. We are strong style.
5: Just respect my conglomerate Just respect my conglomerate Just respect my conglomerate Just respect my conglomerate
2: You won't see these folks at the post office. They have businesses to run. They have passions to pursue. How do they avoid trips to the post office? Stamps.com Mail letters. Ship packages. All the services of the post office right on your computer. Get a four week trial, including postage and a digital scale. Go to stamps.com today. Hey, Alex Mello here, host of The Pop Culturist on the Strong Sound Media Network, inviting you to join myself alongside Half Pint's Kyle Adams as we discuss all the latest news and reviews in movies, music, and television. Check us out every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time here on blogtalkradio.com. Also, you can check out the pop culturist archives on Blog Talk Radio, search bar Strong Style Media, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play to hear all the eclectic offerings here at Strong Style Media. We are conglomerates. What are we looking at here? Lists all over this safety thing. Third-party background checks for drivers. 24/7 trust and safety team. Critical response line. All right, list. Who can play at this game? What if we had a safe word? What about boba? No. What if you actually wanted boba? It's got to be more exotic. What's your wife's name? Oh, Barbara. Safe words, Barbara. <laughs> I like that. Okay. <laughs> Punched up, punched out, you know what I'm saying? It's what it is. I don't take the name of gangsters I've been warned. I don't push weight from Boston
0: to San Juan. Down with ain't come back at you there. Man, I'm so, <laughs> at
3: blo- I'm so mad at blog talk right now. <laughs> it's okay. I picked the cuts. No, I picked
0: the cuts. <laughs> it's okay. We can use the cuts next week. We We, we can recycle. We're like good uh, environmentalists, man. <laughs> you know whose fault it is, right? Who's?
1: Oh, fuck, Aaron oh <laughs> <his fault. laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, Friday night was okay. a was a fantastic night of boxing. It was hella enjoyable. I mean, it was it was top top to bottom. We saw some fantastic bouts. What did you think just absorbing it as a whole elijah that the whole i mean it was a there was what nine ten fights on that card
3: yeah man it was it was amazing, like lots of fights, lots of good action, lots of good performances, I mean, a guy who I don't even think that fight was televised, but uh Lidell Rhodes man, he looked fantastic, he put on a show. Like, I felt bad for the dude that he was fighting. And, <laughs> you, you know, there's, uh, Celso had a quick knockout, which was pretty entertaining.
1: Yeah. Um,
3: Vishon Owens was in a tremendous fight against uh, Fondura. and yeah. uh, That was crazy. That was crazy. Fondura. That was crazy to see a 6'7", 154-pounder. Like, you yeah. know
0: and Owens deserves credit for going in there with something. Like, we clowned last week, but that dude was like, I will break him. I mean, obviously he didn't say that, but that was kind of like the mentality I got when he was throwing 18 hooks a minute, like, good God.
3: Yeah. Yeah, he definitely was a lot tougher than I thought he would be, being that, you know, he weighs so little for how tall he is. You know, I, I thought he might be a little a Little easy to like push around and stuff, so but that was not the case.
0: Yeah, it was I mean and you know, obviously, about it. Oh go ahead, go ahead, keep going. Obviously the main the
3: main event was a barn burner.
0: Yes. Like that was a hell of a fight.
3: Yeah, we didn't know what the outcome was gonna be until the actual decision was read. So I mean that fight was great. Just a lot a lot of good action, man it was
0: it was nice coming out of here you know i like i you know I, I said last week when we were talking we were talking to our guests you know i don't i don't know a ton of minnesota guys so i was really intrigued because i know a lot more of you know the european fighters and and our yeah. country kind of because i you know i've watched them with internet and my amazon fighter stick uh, bootleg let's go and just things like that so I i haven't gotten to see what others have seen and I was a hundred percent impressed throughout the board with with the talent that we got. Yeah, um, the, the, you know, every one of these guys just just put up put up a hell of a fight. I know, you know, we mentioned we mentioned the fight with Sean Owens and Sebastian Fundara. Fundara. we could we could almost even start there. I know it's kind of jumping out of out of the way, but I came away with two things out of that fight that really had me excited. Was one. I had I was marveled with six seven one fifty four and that was the way that he fought. Like he looked dangerous. He looked he looked like somebody that walked away almost a star from the from the show. It was it was incredible to see because it was such a such a wild. I don't want to I don't want to use the word oddity because that's kind of messed up. But I mean it, it was it was something you don't see. And no. he, he was walking down the ramp. I stood up and looked and went, oh, my gosh. You know, this guy looks like, yeah. like a, he's a giant out there. But then yeah. to just throw it with his opponent, with uh, Vishon Owens, this guy took a beating and just kept going. I couldn't believe the heart Owens showed in this fight. I I thought two rounds before that, I was like, I don't know. You know, I, I gave the third round to, to Owens. I gave the first two to Fundora. And I thought for a minute there right before Owens turned it on, I was like, Man, this is this is looking to be a struggle and he's he's getting out worked here. And then he started fighting and he started really landing punches. And that great yeah. determination it it reminds me of what I had said to you before, um with Jamal James after he lost to uh um what's his name? Eudora
1: what oh uh, yeah.
0: Um, He took it as not a loss per se, but as a step and motivator to the next step. And he goes and knocks out Diego Chavez, which only Keith Thurman has ever done. So I look at this as with the way that Owens fought through this fight. I think he's going to come back better from this. And even in defeat, I'm more excited to see Vashawn Owens now than I was before the fight. And when you get that, you know, this fight has made me a fan of two fighters. And it's not very often you get to say you can do that. And I'm, I think that's why this is my MVP fight of the, the night. You know, it, yeah. they stopped it in the fifth. But even though it didn't go past that fifth round, I walked away with two new broad thoughts on two different fighters that I'd never seen before. And I immediately gravitated to wanting to see both of them because they both have a story now I'm interested in. Where does yeah. one go and how does one come back from it? So tremendous, tremendous to both Sebastian Fundora and Deshaun Owens for, for the fight that they had because it was it was it was awesome. It was awesome.
4: Yeah.
3: It was tremendous. And I mean man, Vishon landed some some big punches on him too. It just mm-hmm. it wasn't as many as Fundora was and I mean it's just a, a tough matchup when you're uh what, five 5'11, 5'10", eleven, five ten. You're going up against a six seven guy. I mean, kudos to Vichon for accepting the fight. I yeah, mean, that's that's he's already at a disadvantage with the length and height. You know,
0: just crazy. So so he he put up yeah. Like I said, I mean, <laughs> I I never in a million years expected expected dude to be throwing those kind of combinations with power. You know, you always imagine the down fighter being able to do it, but then you always think of, well, you know, Little Mac syndrome, this dude with all the momentum throwing upwards is going to hurt harder. Yeah. And he did. I mean, you know, we, we saw, we, you know, like I said, I gave him the third round because he came all banging with it. But it was, man, I just I couldn't believe the punches that Pandora was putting together. I I cannot wait to see both. I hope I hope we get to see both of them on a PVC again because yeah they they had the crowd behind them and you know i i think everybody left that fight in that building excited over the two guys
3: yeah and i mean even the um our buddy our buddy gizzy he had a dominating performance um to go 2 and 0 even though he didn't get the knockout he still dominated the guy uh every every right hand that he hit that guy with the guy was holding him after so,
1: <laughs>
3: holding on for dear life. And then uh, Uriel Laura, he put on a very dominating performance, too. Um, yeah. And Marlon Sims. Marlon Sims was in there with, a, was it Curry? Yeah, Carl Curry. Let's let's start there, then. So let's go one by one, then. Okay. Uh, Marlon
0: Sims uh, defeated Carl Curry, uh, 39-36, unanimous decision from the from the, the judges. Rob. Uh, But, yeah, you know, break down
3: the fight. Um, Just your classic, one guy was way more talented than the other guy, but the other guy, you know, came to fight and hung in there, and uh, Marlon won all the rounds, but Curry was no chump. I mean, he stayed in there, and Marlon had to really show some boxing skills to get the W. So that's, that's my take on that fight.
0: Now, and what I was wondering that I missed too was uh, it was it was three three to one ninety or thirty nine thirty six. I didn't did they give one round a ten Because I didn't I didn't even know that.
3: Because I he don't, didn't I don't believe so.
0: Yeah, he I didn't get all so. four rounds. But yeah. in the match, if if he would have got a you know, if you give Curry a ten, then two nines, he's sitting at a a 38 or a 28 you give them the other night it would be 39 37 is how it would have worked but it was 39 36 so somewhere in there in the time of us getting in there and catching up with you there was a there was a 10 8 round
3: I don't remember the 10 8 round I remember like curry maybe like winning possibly winning the last round but I don't remember a 10 8 round in there so
0: yeah I, and I I don't know what what each round was like I said. I got in there too late. I just as I sat down, I heard the the judges' scorecard. But yeah, some point there was a ten-eight round, and I'm wondering how close they were to stopping it if there wasn't a knockdown. Yeah. Um, second fight of the night, you mentioned him uh, up. Uriel Lara took on Thomas Amaro. Uh, this was a clean sweep, forty thirty-six in my book. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, there wasn't much to say. Uh, Lara dominated him. Amaro I'm surprised the fight like, wasn't stopped. Amaro looked like he didn't even want to be there.
3: No, and I th- I'm surprised the fight wasn't didn't get stopped. Because yeah, especially
0: third round, um, you know, in the notes, almost should have been stopped. Amaro looks like he wants out. <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> he
3: was essentially leaning on the ropes, like most of the third round, just kind of like, get me out of here.
0: And I mean... You know, I I think the only thing that saved him was once the fourth round hit. I think Lara started kind of slowly losing a little bit of steam because of how much punishment he was putting on. I think that's that's the only thing that, that allowed Amaro to stay in the fight is he wasn't going to get pummeled like he did the fast three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was locked out with it. But I'll tell you this, though. The main thing I took out of that fight with uh with, uh with Uriel Lara is when that dude starts getting rounds under his belt and gets used to – Excuse me, going longer, and if he can put up that that style with combina- putting those combinations of punches together, this is going to be a dangerous dude.
3: Yeah, definitely. He uh, he looked he looked fabulous with his combination punching and his pressure, and yeah, tremendous. Uh, so,
0: uh, then we saw uh, you know our our guy Gizzy defeated Raymond Chacon. Uh, Chacon getting held up by the ropes a little bit there. On the oh, there's a couple times.
3: There's a couple times where I'm like, man, that should have been a knockdown because the ropes were. He was like essentially like falling back into the ropes and the ropes were like holding him up. Man, I was like, come on. In that that first round,
0: uh, Gizzy worked a great jab. He was coming full speed ahead. I mean, he definitely had his his excitement boots on. It look like.
4: You know, as
0: as you mentioned, that he kept getting, you know, Chacon kept getting held up by the rope. He did land a nice counter on Gizzy, and it, did, it didn't really do much of anything. He backed up for a second. I thought Chacon was going to give himself some room, and then Pierre just charged full speed ahead again and recovered and just yeah. went right back. And it was like, dude, they, you had one. I remember saying that to you. I was like, dude, if this guy was a complete fighter, he he has some nice counters, but once he throws that it's like he turns off. It's like, Okay, I did something and then doesn't know what to do after that and just gets pummeled and pummeled and pummeled. It was it was interesting and then once again it reminded you know, I reminded myself he was seven and twenty eight. That's probably why yeah. he, he's seven twenty eight and you know, Gizzy did his thing. Second round was a little interesting. It was kinda close at start. Uh, Pierre landed a huge right, changing the whole round. Once again, Chacon getting the ropes, holding him up. Uh, but if you remember, Pierre got a little wild at the end, and he got caught with a punch, and he turned and his knee touched the canvas, but the ref didn't call it. Uh-huh. Uh, it was, that was something that I thought was a little bit of a game changer that Chacon, once again, didn't capitalize on. Uh, Third round, the result, just another onslaught of destruction from Pierre. Chacon kept holding and holding once again, kind of like we saw in the Marlon Sims fight. Fourth round, more of the same. Pierre was just way too skilled, way too dominant. He got comfortable by the end there. Chacon had no chance. He knew it, held it out, won that 40-36, dominating four rounds to nothing.
3: Yeah. I feel like if Gizzy would have just been a little more relaxed he probably could have stopped him, but a lot of times he was, you know, going for that one big punch, and that was kind of allowing him to get like held up and stuff. But I mean, even though he didn't knock him out, he still he still kicked his butt. There's like,
0: there's no oh, way you was-
3: would think that Chacon would belong in the ring with with, with a guy like Gizzy,
0: So, dominant well, it was- performance. It was it was. A class. He was in a class of his own in that fight I'll, I'll ask you this Elijah Do you think it was the? I know this guy can't hurt me So I'm going to go to try to Try to pop the crowd and get this knockout Or do you think it was just the whole You know excitement of being Being in front of your hometown
3: I think it was a combination of both mm-hmm. Because You know Even with us he was talking about how he wanted to get the knockout And he wanted to please the fans and stuff and you know, I'm sure after that first counter, he was kind of like, "Okay, this guy like hit me with a good counter shot, and he's not hurting me so so I th- I think it, it was a combination of both.
0: it was it was awesome, it was just awesome. Then we got uh brandon bow took on celso Ramirez celso oh destroyed. god el, el nino it, uh, my only notes are El nino crushing." That's I have three words about this fight. That's all I have written down. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't Man, know what else to say. I can't believe
3: that. No, this dude, this dude that uh, Celso was uh, going up against, was showboating and stuff. I was like, come on, dude. I'm like, I'm like, why are you showboating? You're
0: getting your butt kicked. Twelve and twelve, and he's doing an Ali shuffle.
3: Yeah. After he was, and then like he he did that Ali shuffle and like. Not even like ten seconds later he was on his butt. <laughs>
0: that was a hell of a performance, man.
3: Like that dude that dude knew he was coming to lose and he's like, Well, might as well might as well make my make myself look good or make a statement somehow, even though I'm getting my butt kicked, maybe uh people will like, like me cocking off. I don't know, but that that it was cracking me up. I was like, What are you doing out there, dude? <laughs> I
0: like the uh, the hands also put on him that that was the the more entertaining than uh, his uh, Ollie shuffle as you would say you know um, I I I do think there is one word to describe the uh, the Ali shuffle that he dropped and it's just simply this so. Trash! Dude, you you <laughs> with the trash, <laughs> but super trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where's the where's the whole uh, here it is. <laughs> Burn! Oh yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that is the super trash sounder of the week. goes to oh, Brandon gosh. and B. <laughs> getting bubbled. That oh, was tremendous. That's it. Such a great win. And that that woke that crowd up too. That got that got the yeah. crowd really going. Um, yeah. then uh then we got your guy your guy Lidell next. Um this one I, I have left for a second. I don't have anything written down, so I'm gonna turn this this over to you for sure on this fight. All I have Man, is Liddell's in the third.
3: It was just it was a it was a destruction. Um just speed. Power, movement, combination punching. Like, the dude that Lydell was fighting had no answer for anything. And, again, in one of those fights where I'm like, man, is this fight going to get stopped? This guy is just taking a beating. And I believe he was actually behind us, and his face was kind of wrecked. And he was sitting behind us, like, after his fight. I just felt bad for the dude. Oh,
0: that's but... the dude was, right? Watching the fight. Yeah, with the with
3: with the like black and uh, gray, like black and silver or black and gray like Adidas stuff on, I think. And he had a hood on. And he can't, at least he came out
0: and tried to watch wrestling mean, fight. I'd have done the same.
3: But I mean, for for having like a two year layoff, I believe Lydell had like a two year layoff. For having a two year layoff, man, he looked really good, and he might be like. You know, he might be the probably the most underrated fighter on the card because he's been in there with uh, Edner Cherry. He's been in there with uh, Sergey Lipinets, And he went to the decision with both of them. And those are like his only two losses. And, I mean, he looked good. I, I actually am kind of excited to see him fight more. And I'm going to follow him more now that I know who he is and now that I've seen him fight. Yeah, when you
0: mentioned that uh Sergei thing, that that drew my attention too, because it's you know, especially after we we talked about him and Garcia with him taking the uh you know, taking the L but it looked like a good L. As yeah. much as that's what to say. So that's that's I always I always like to see these these stories of, you know, what's next for these guys. Um then right before we, we get all started, uh Usmani Sila uh should have stayed home, Joey Spencer Three knockdowns
3: in the first round to get the W. Oh, God. It was... That hook... Oh. Did Spencer land, like, five or six punches that entire fight? And, like...
1: He, three knockdowns. It
3: resulted in, like, three... Yeah, like, five or six punches, and it resulted in, like, three knockdowns?
0: It was brutal. He was... I mean, he was 1-0 and all going into this fight, Um. I, I had seen his camera crew walking around with him and it looked like they were definitely documenting it. So I was really intrigued. I'm like, okay, this, this dude's gotta have some type of steam if they're doing they're going through all this and then this is when I had walked up and and met up with Jordan uh for a minute and I oh my god
3: <laughs> This was definitely
0: stoppage of the night for sure. Yeah, I when when he got up after the first time, I didn't think they were going to let it go. Then they let oh. it go after the second time he got up. You know, and, and then after that second time, he took a step forward and ate one punch and was back down. And the ref finally said, okay, all right, let's stop. <laughs> we we seen <laughs> enough. Uh, yeah. Joey Sp- and that's a dude that's definitely going to be on my radar for sure. For sure. Now we get into the the card. I believe this is where the live show started, and this might be. Oh, well, probably I'll say number two. I'm not going to go that far, but uh, Chris Colbert, Golden Child, little B Hop, coming out of Brooklyn there, uh, gets his eighth win here, defeating Austin Duley. Duley took the first round for me. Colbert got comfortable, took over, cleaned out the next seven rounds on my, six rounds on my scorecard. There's a stoppage from the corner in the eighth. I had it 69-63 Colbert. He might have been my MVP of this show, because I had not seen anything about him. I had never heard of anything about him as well. And boy, did he come out and just put on a performance.
3: Yeah, I mean, just a boxing clinic. Once he got comfortable and settled in, the combination punches were flowing, man, like, like the river, like the river sticks, like just five, <laughs> six, four, like, and, um, Dulé just had no answer. And he essentially just kind of started chasing him around the ring, getting peppered with punches. And, you know, Corbett's kind of got a cool look to him, you know, he had the green hair and the like yeah. interesting, like the, the interesting trunks and, he had a little flair and a little style to him. Like he's another guy that I'm definitely going to watch out for because he's an entertaining dude.
0: He um, dropped him in the sixth round. Dulé came back and fought back, but the corner stopped going into the eighth. Uh, I guess there was a little animosity and some, uh, some, some banter between the two at the weigh-in. So it sounded like there was a lot of animosity going in from the weigh-in to this fight. Uh, Austin Dulay was 11 and 0 with, Eight knockouts coming into this fight too. So, to me, I think he was actually the favorite in this fight too. Yeah. Um, you, you go, you go down your 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 run sheet. He if he was on the left side, and that's usually the A side. So, Colbert, man, he, he he didn't give a damn. He won a tremendous showing. I'm excited to see this guy another time. This he's going to be one of those guys on the PBC shows that I'm hoping, kind of like Caleb Plant was, where we get him in the you know in the first fight for the next year or so of PBC shows.
3: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um one thing I will take that we didn't kind of talk about from the fight, it seemed like Duly was complaining a lot about getting hit behind the head. And I believe yeah. on the knock I believe on the knockdown it was like a behind the head punch. And but the ref missed it obviously. But it like that that's one thing I noticed from that fight was that there, I don't like, I didn't notice a ton of hits behind the head, but it seemed like something that Duley was kind of like, holding on to, and the knockdown definitely was from like a rabbit punch, behind the head. Yeah,
0: I, I do remember that. Now that you mentioned that, that was a, that's a good point. Um,
3: yeah, I mean, we were... not taking anything not taking anything away from Corbett's performance, but just kind of wanted to throw that out there for yeah. fight information.
0: And, and, I mean, it was. You know, I mean, it was it was a dirty fight. I mean, I don't want to say a dirty fight, but it was like they were getting down and dirty. I mean, they were head first yeah. going in at each other. I mean, you, you know, the bell rang and they, they, they charged to the center to start throwing bombs. So, I mean, you could yeah. tell, like, I didn't know about the weigh-in until later that night about that incident. But once I once I heard about that, I, you know, I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense now. Why, you know, these guys are butting some heads, <laughs> which was which was interesting. So, I mean, I had Colbert up uh, 69-63 going into that eighth round. Corner stops it. Next fight, I mean, not really much to touch on. We already talked about it. Sebastian Fundora defeated Vashon Owens, stopped it in the fifth round. Um, events, event, uh, Ednar Cherry defeats Dennis galaraza What did you think of the cherry galaraza fight?
3: It was a nice, entertaining scrap. I mean, they both were landing some punches, some big punches here and there. But to me, I just think Cherry, like, looked a little more in command and a little more in control, and he just looked to be the stronger fighter uh, all throughout the fight. But, I mean, they they, they, they did hit, hit, some, hit, hit each other with some big punches. But Cher, Cherry seemed to be in control of the fight and seemed to be a little more, you know, he's a, he's a rugged veteran. He's a very good fighter and he's been in there with a lot of world-class fighters. So he just, to me, it just seemed like he was the better man that night.
0: Yeah. I mean, and, and he had, you know, he'd been coming in after, uh, after feeding, uh, you know, he, he's beaten some fighters, you know, he's definitely beaten some fighters. He started out really slow too. I noticed yeah. that, like going, well, man, uh, you know, let's see what's going on it It sounds like now he's gonna get a title shot at one thirty five I'm not sure at what title they're gonna give him a shot at um trying to trying to look through that right now here, but it was it was you know he almost he almost won a fight three fight won a title three fights ago when he fought Jose Pedraza. he lost that split decision in October of fifteen. Then he, you know, he had a fight after that. and He fought Lydell, as you mentioned. Um, so he had a couple of fights after that. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, I, I think I just expected more. I was a little disappointed in the fight. <clears throat> I'm not going to lie about it. Um, you know, he's 12-1 he's and one since, he, since Bradley beat him in the 12-round 12 fu- 12 fight in 2008 when he went for the same title once again. You know, his one loss came. When he got another title shot against Pedraza, so I don't know. I just, I don't know if if he hasn't done it now, he's now 36 years old. I mean, can he really do enough to win a title? I
3: mean, I, th- I think so. I mean, he's been on the cusp plenty of times, and he's been... You know, a part of some kind of bad decisions Like the Pedraza fight A lot of people thought that he, he won that fight You know And He was in a close fight with Pauli Mal- Polymolinaji, You know mm-hmm. So He's like He's like right there But he se- just can't seem to To break through and, and actually win the big one But He's definitely still a contender and he's still a guy that you can't take lightly and that you have to bring your A-game to fight.
0: You know, I look at if it's another IBF title shot, he's got to fight Robert Easter for the title. I think that's a beatable fight. I think Robert Easter's the most beatable in the division. Raymundo Beltran has the one title, and obviously the winner of Linares Garcia will have the other two, depending on what Garcia yep. does. So, I, you know, I don't I don't see Edna Cherry beating a Linares or Garcia I don't know if he's going to beat a Ramundo Beltran. You mean
3: you mean you mean uh, you mean uh, what's his face? Branchuck and Garcia. Because Linares is fighting <laughs> L- L- fight uh, Lomachenko.
0: Yeah, yeah. I looked at I looked at the two names and uh, just just rode with it. You're right. Um, you know, and, and so if that's the case, you know, he's not going to beat Lomachenko if Lomachenko takes that title from him. Yeah. No. Uh, So I think Robert Easter's is his ticket. He's fought for the IBF before. Maybe that's what it's for again. I believe Robert Easter is a PBC Al Heyman guy, so that makes a lot of sense to happen. But I just I don't see I don't see him beating anyone else in that division. And it's you know, once again he's he's had a good run and he's got, you know, thirty six, thirty seven wins or whatnot. But I just I don't know at this stage in his career. If he can go in there and beat someone like a Beltron or Linares or Lomachenko, if he beats him or Garcia or anything like that, so um, yeah, main event. I mean, oh, go ahead. Yeah, drop drop that last take on it. I was just saying.
3: I mean, you're you're probably right, but again, he's just one of those guys that he's probably gonna until he retires, he's probably gonna be like around and and in, in the picture, but. Is he the epitome
0: of kind of that journeyman type that always is kind of dangling around for a title but doesn't necessarily get it? You're always, he always gets a I shot would, here and there. I would say he's better
3: than a journeyman. He's like probably just a step below like an elite fighter. He's an above average fighter. When I think a journeyman, I think of like somebody who has had like a, you know, someone who just. Goes in there, has had a couple wins, but usually just kind of gets beat up by who he faces. And he's like enhancement talent, whereas Cherry's Cherry's a, Cherry's more than that. You know, he doesn't like get beat up by guys. He's usually in his fights, and some of the fights that he has lost are like very questionable losses. So, so yeah, I think he's I think he's not quite elite, but he's not journeyman. He's like an above-average fighter in my eyes.
0: I'm, I, I had a good example, but he—the guy has won a championship, so it, to me, it doesn't—it doesn't work. But <clears throat> I was thinking of a guy like David Lemieux, who gets in there with a the big fight, but he doesn't win. But then he wins all these fights to get right back into the big picture, but then loses. But then wins to get all the way back up there, and you know, rinse and repeat. Hence the 37 and 7 record for Cherry, like he'll win like 10, 12 fights and then get beat or he'll win this and then get beaten. You know, he just always seems to climb to the top, but he can't get over the. He's got his hand on the top of the ladder, but he can't get to the top of it. I guess is what I'm I'm trying to, what what I'm trying to say.
3: Yeah. I, I, I I agree essentially, but like I said, I just don't think he's at the journeyman level. I think he's above the journeyman level. So,
0: um, Main event, I'm right there with you. Fight of the night, uh, Jamal James defeats Abel Ramos 96-94. I mean these these rounds were so hard to score. <laughs> I I had the fight 6-4 Ramos, but there was two rounds that I was 50-50 on. And I feel the crowd may have swayed it, which if that's the case, you know, more power to you. Don't let it go to the judges. And that's the that, that's the one beauty of home, home field. Um, I also think the second round, which the crowd was quiet on, was another. I mean, my only notes were Ramos stays aggressive, tough round to score, very close. I mean, this fight was so close, so good.
1: And, you know,
0: I'm glad Jamal James won. It was a big win for Minnesota. It was a big win and a big statement at 154.
3: Yeah, I'm definitely glad he won, too. I was kind of too busy being a fan
2: to, like, really, (laughs) like, score
3: the fight. But to me, I I thought James won the fight. Um, I thought he might have started getting tired, like, towards the end there. But... To me, I'm I value more of the the boxing um, counter punching, you know, style. And I felt that James was landing the the cleaner counter punches, the better looking punches, and the more more combinations. Um, it seemed like Ramos was getting to the body, you know, but. I felt I just felt James was more effective that fight and like deserved a like close victory. It was definitely a close fight, and when they had it a draw, I was like, yeah, I could agree with that, but I wouldn't give it I wouldn't give Ramos like more than one round like if Ramos were to win like it would be like a one round fight at the most to me yeah,
0: so. it, it was it was so good it was such a tough fight i i, I I love the fact that James stood right in there with Ramos and hit those counter punches like you described, because I think it changed the tone of the fight, too. You know, Ramos started started quick, I think, but then as it went through, I mean, Jamal James just came out, got that W, and uh, it was so good. It was so good. Um, we got a call jump in. Let's grab him.
5: I think we're going through. Caller, what's going on, sir? Hello? How we doing, sir? It's Gizzy. I'm
4: good. Hey. <laughs> What's
0: going on, sir?
5: I'm good. What about you?
0: Oh, we are just <laughs> excited to discuss the fantastic fights that we saw on Friday. It was tremendous. You know, I I gotta ask, I'm so I'm so glad we we see you pop up here. How is the atmosphere being in that building? Walking down that dope, it was like a dope pro wrestling entrance ramp. I've never seen something like that.
5: Yeah, it was exactly what I thought it was gonna be. Oh, so, it was so good. the energy was amazing. The uh, the vibe of it was good. It it was exactly what I what I imagined that it was gonna be. It was uh, it was good. I I loved it.
3: Yeah, it was great. I, I was I was hyped. I mean. Seeing you come down the ring, I was like I was over in media trying not to be like super like super crazy just because you gotta try and like not be biased when you're in that area, but man, I like on the inside I was I was geeking out, I was like, Yeah I was like I can't believe I'm at this live event with all these local boxers and they're all like getting their chance to shine. It was just it was tremendous. <laughs>
0: You know, you know, I, I, ironically, right before all the fights started, I, you know, I was talking to Elijah, and I was like, "All right, we just got to make sure we don't get too crazy, you know, because we still got to do our job here." And you know, we there was some some out of state guys next to us, and every time there was a hometown guy, we we started clapping. And they kept looking at us, and we're like, "You know what? Suck it, man!" No. <laughs> Did you get to watch any of the fights uh, later on after we ran into?
5: Yeah, I did. I watched, um, I watched the Jamal fight, of course. I watched the v fight, and I watched I watched all of the... Uh, I got, like, glimpses of every fight because I was taking pictures with so many people, um, so many fans and, and things like that. So I got glimpses of the fight. I watched the whole Jamal James fight, though. And then yeah, I watched most, uh, yeah. the V-Shout fight, and um, I got glimpses of the Colbert fight and, and the other fights. But the two that I'm watching the most is the Vichon fight and Jamal
0: James. I yeah. I can officially say in the in the, the fight I will be the first person to eat crow, thinking that uh, Fundora was not going to be any sort of a threat. I can't believe the combinations that guy threw. I'm like, what? This, this guy blew my mind, and and Vichon had the heart of a of a champion. It was that might have been. Low key, even though it was only you know four rounds, five rounds, one of the most interesting fights because we got a story for both fighters out of it. It was so tremendous. Yeah,
5: that was a really, really good fight. I knew that that fight was going to be uh, very tough. I knew it was going to be a very tough fight. Me personally, you know, I don't. It's it's, it's real. It's a real tough discussion because uh, Vichai, me, and Vichai go way back. It's like my brother. Um, so it was a, a hard crunching fight, Uh very, very hard crunching fight. I knew it was going to be a tough fight for him because the guy was so tall. I watched the guy many times, and he throws good combinations. He's really tall, but he, he makes that 154 weight, and then he shoots back up to, like, 175, 180. So that was a really, really tough fight for Vishon. It was a great learning experience. Um, and, you know, he just had to bounce back and figure out, uh, how, to, how to come back even stronger. That's what. That's mostly what I would say about that fight.
3: Well, props <laughs> to him too for. Sorry, go ahead. Go, ahead,
0: go, ahead, go, ahead, go ahead.
3: I was gonna say props to him for like taking that fight, like, because I mean a, a size mismatch like that is, is insane. And like I, I didn't think that dude was gonna be as good as he was just because, of the whole like trying to make 154 at his size. <laughs> So I, yeah. I figured... I didn't think he was going to be... I didn't think he was going to be as strong as he was. and I mean, he took some, some big bombs from Vichon that Vichon hit him with. And he didn't get tired. And he kind of, like, almost, like, imposed his will. It was crazy. I was surprised. I would have figured yeah. that Vichon would have been able to impose his will on him just because, you know, he seems to be a pretty good, like, inside fighter and, you know, good stamina, like, can throw bombs and stuff, so... Yeah, it was it was it was a
5: very interesting fight. Yeah, I don't think it was a mismatch. I think that the game plan was 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 the game I mean the game plan is always a game plan, but I I don't think that the game plan was was fully right for him. I think that he should have definitely backed up and and let the guy throw a really really long shot and like hit him in the elbow and things like that and then came in. Um cuz the guy is not like super fast. He's not super fast. And when he does throw his jabs and his, I was watching him, And when he threw, when he when he does throw long shots, his long shots seem to stay out there for like two, almost two seconds. So Vichai could have definitely easily got up under those long shots once he threw them. But I think it was probably mostly more about making the guy throw his hands out instead of standing there in the inside with him because he has really really good he has really really good movement and everything, and he, and a guy can definitely, I mean, he's a, one of the top fighters, and he could definitely create that distance while still in the inside, so, me personally, I don't think it was the right game plan, but V-Shine is, man, a guy, he's so tough, he's going to bounce oh, back. Yeah,
0: Oh, and, a- and the one, the one thing I wanted to ask you real quick, uh, before we, we got, we got, to, we got more calls we got to grab, but I, I wanted to just definitely say hi to you on this, but one thing real quick here while I got you, um, I equated the loss to the same way I equated Jamal James when he lost before the Diego Chavez fight, where he came back after the Ugaz fight, took it, used it as a learning experience, it seemed, and did something like Keith Thurman did, knocked out Diego Chavez. To me, with how how much of a heart and determination uh, Vichon has, is this is this the same boat where he can take this loss? and ride it to a better career now because he's seen it early and now he doesn't have to run into it 30 fights in and can really use that as motivation?
5: Well, we have to look at the two different perspectives. So Jamal James, he's a different type of fighter. And he fought... See, here's the difference. Jamal James fought and then he took a short notice fight. So yeah. he he was just coming off a long fight and he took a short notice fight and lost that So. That was, like, one of those losses where it's like, oh, oh, okay, we kind of get it. Like, it was a short-notice fight. He learned from it. He probably won't take a short-notice fight again. That was one of those losses because Jamal is on done, done a whole different level of lying. Now, the thing with Zeeshan is that this was a fight that many he's you had a long time to prepare for. So that's a the difference. There's no doubt in my mind if Jamal James prepares for a fight and a fighter at a long distance, he's going to beat him. There's no doubt in my mind. And this is speaking from a fan perspective as well. Now, we cannot say the same thing. Don't get me wrong, Bishon is my boy. But we can't say the same thing about Bishon anymore. That's just not happening. I mean, Jamal James went, what, 17-0 before losing a fight or something like that. So that's one of those tricky situations, man, where where it's like, what you going to do now? You have to use different attributes now. You have to learn how to box now. You gotta learn. You gotta learn how to do different things because the guy can be beat. Like the guy that he fought could definitely be beat. Just how you beat
0: I'm I'm definitely excited to to see what's next because that's 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 a story I think that is well worth telling. And you know I think I think he you know I guess I guess on you know saying earlier I I had never seen him and even in this and the way the fight went you know he he made a fan out of me 100% because i could tell that dude's got heart and that's that's good enough for me you know to to see a fight
5: yeah i mean what I mean had- about my fight speaking of it <laughs> oh <laughs> Oh my oh, God! <laughs>
0: Everybody, Well, hey, okay. let's bring it down here. Wait, let me let me pull up my notes. You know, this was the hard thing too, is I was too nervous to bring a laptop because of the weather. So I'm trying to write all these notes up on my phone, and half the time, like, I'll put like huge right cross, and it'll come up on my notes as like innkeeper, and I'm like, how did this thing change right hook to innkeeper? So took took a little bit, but we we made it work on it, but. You know, I'll, I'll tell you flat out, I had you, I had you 4 nothing 4-0, 40-36. I thought the ropes held him up a lot uh, on those those shots. I thought you came in with full steam, uh, a lot of energy. He got a nice counter in that first round that looked like it did something for about half a second, and then you went right back at him, and I think that minute he knew he had no opportunity. Um, I, I, I'll ask you flat out on this one, because this is something that intrigued me. There was a, there was a moment in the second round where it looked like your knee hit the canvas.
5: What happened with that? My knee hit the canvas.
0: It it looked from our angle like when you like you turned and we thought your knee hit the canvas, but nobody there was nothing that came from it.
5: Um, he didn't hit. I me don't either.
0: know. Yeah, it was that's what I was wondering. It was like it was a slip or something or what it was. But then you came back up and hit him with about six seven punches. And then once again the rope held him up. And he kept- Oh no
5: no. It was a it was a I don't know what you're talking about. It wasn't a uh he didn't hit me or nothing. It was like it's like okay, so it's like this. Like you see a punch, right? Mm-hmm. But you t- like fully so like I could see a punch, but I would like fully turn my whole body. So it lo- like sometimes it might look like the guy hit me but he doesn't. It's just like it's like turning and you like watch you ever watch The Matrix?
4: And then, like, the guy, like, punches
5: and he, like, turns all the way. He can see his punches, like, go that way. That's that's, that's exactly what I do. So, like, a guy can, like, punch and I'll, like, turn. And, like, when I turn, I can get really, really low, too. So, like, sometimes my knee, like, might look like it touched the canvas a little bit. It's just just changing the level. Like, it's just changing a few levels down. And I can get really, really low and then, like, come back with, like, five or six punches. So that's kind of like what I did good. with the
0: tree. And and that's what got it was like from the low to high was almost like I was, like like Ken throwing a dragon punch in Street Fighter like I'm like comes down gets up and just put a barrage on and and you know it led to it led to full charge he hit the corner bounced. you know I, I was waiting for dude to fall through those middle ropes I'm not going to lie cuz <laughs> he, he, he was just – I mean, it looked like you were bullying him out there, man. And, you know, I, I got written down third round, a lot of holding because he knew he didn't have much. Fourth round, kind of the same. I mean, I had it straight four rounds, nothing, no problem.
5: Yeah, I was surprised yeah. that the rest didn't call for holding.
3: Yeah, no, yeah. I was surprised too because, like, every right, every right hand that you landed, he, like, immediately grabbed you. I was like, dude, I was like, stop holding.
5: Immediately, <laughs> I was so, so surprised that the ref did not call for holding. i swear sure he held me about a hundred times.
3: Yeah, you were starting to look like you were getting a little frustrated with him holding you because I mean, like he literally, like you'd hit, you'd hit him with the right hand, and he'd be like, oh, I'm gonna hug you, bro. I'm gonna hug you, man. Like, and I honestly, like, wow.
5: I was, I wasn't getting frustrated with him. I was getting frustrated with the referee.
3: Mm-hmm. A little bit, that but makes... I
5: still had to hold my composure. But I was getting frustrated with the referee because it was like, okay. Well, you're not calling, and I understand it's the PBC rules, but there's still a, you still can get a point of deduction for holding. So it's yeah. like, and then plus we practice like in in training, my training camp. He's a southpaw. I practice those right hands like continuously, continuously. So you know, it, it's okay though. <laughs>
0: Here, here's a question for you on this fight too. Something something that I noticed about uh about your opponent, and I was wondering if this is something that essentially helps you but you know he would make one good move each round maybe one two tops and he would do it and you would go oh okay he's woken back up that was a good combo or a good punch but then it's like the light bulb would turn off and he'd forget what's going on and then you know it looked like you saw red and you'd pounce on him is that something you notice where it just seems like he, he's he got he's, he does something but then he doesn't know where to go and he just looks like a deer stuck in the headlights and it just gives you a reason to bounce?
5: Uh, sometimes see, the thing about this guy is like that's that's true. With him, I knew for a fact, like my team, we knew that we had to fight a high pace fight because he, he can box like if you let him, he will box and he will upset you. So we knew that we had to fight a high pace fight and be very aggressive okay. with him. Um and, and not only that, like I knew that the right hands would stabilize him. And when I would hit him with the right hands, he would... See, this is the thing. Like, he's a veteran. Like, he got, like, 30-something fights. He might not have won most of them, but he's still a veteran. He still know... he knows how to survive. And with guys like that that know how to survive, they know what to do to... Sur- they become, like, masters at surviving. So he honestly taught me a lot, um, being in the ring with him, of guys, of what to look out for, of how guys will grab you, or, like... What movements they would make in order to survive like it's just just like these really certain small aspects that he taught me Is that that I can look out for the next time so like for instance if I hit the guy and he tries to hold me. I know exactly when he will hold me. I know exactly what he would do So like it was really really good being in there with him, and that's what he would do. He's like a master at surviving
3: Yeah, to me it looked like one guy was playing chess, and one guy was playing checkers, like classic like
5: boxing analogy, so it obviously
3: <laughs> you were obviously you were the one playing chess that night, so
5: yeah, I mean other than that, though, I have a lot of things to work on that I need to uh, tighten up a lot.
0: when uh, when do you think you're going to try to get out there and fight again?
5: We're going to be fighting again in June. Ooh, nice. Is, is it going to be local? Uh, I'm not sure yet I mean we have talks of We have talks of fighting in London We have talks of fighting oh. in Vegas um, We have we have some pretty good We have some pretty We actually we have talks fighting Here at the casino uh, It's not Grand Hinkley But I think it's, a, it's, it's It's one of these casinos that's here So we got like We got We got talks of fighting again in June Which I'm pretty sure I'll be fighting again in June And July Nice Yeah July too Yes and July is supposed to be back here, but I'm not gonna say where.
0: <laughs> We're excited. I, I, you know, I was. It was so nice going to a fight locally, not having to go travel all over and, you know, go through all these these hoops for, not even a lot of fights. I mean. When I I will one hundred percent put that card that I watched on Friday night up against the the Andre Koval Andre Ward Sergey Kovalev one fight in Vegas I saw this was more entertaining less I mean the, the Ward Kovalev there's so much bullcrap with you know this is happening and you know it's an hour before the next fight starts and you are just I had to go buy an energy drink from the concession stand because I was falling asleep I'm like this is boring
5: you know you know that's really fight, interesting that you say that. Because a guy from ESPN said the same thing that, if the, that he was there. It felt we're like, like it, they were. It felt like a fight in Vegas. Yeah, it's online. It, it on. was. I just read it. It was
0: like every every time somebody left the ring, there was another fighter coming down. Like it was. It just. It was action, 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 and it was so entertaining. And once again, you know, putting over the armory, the venue was so good. The venue was so perfect. Um, I I can't wait for it to happen again. I cannot. I was- it's gonna happen again. <laughs> um we're, real quick here before we go on to break here plug everything you got again man
5: we always we always like to let everyone plug their plug everything they got uh once again for our listeners yeah all right so my instagram is Gizwa pierre junior g i e z w a p i e r r e junior that's my instagram name my twitter name is the same my twitter name is the same Gizwa pierre and my Facebook is Poppy G-P-A-P-I-G And all of, all of the photos and everything from the fight uh, With all my supporters and everything Are always on my page as well That's awesome, that's awesome Hey man, thanks again for calling in Thanks for, thanks for
0: uh, you know, just, just talking to us after It was, it was nice to actually meet you face to face And, you know, put, put a face to everything it was, it was a great fight It was a tremendous showing
5: I cannot wait to see you get in that ring, man yeah, I appreciate y'all for having me. Y'all have a good night.
3: Yes. Yeah, you too, Gizzy. You too. Good, to, good to talk to you again.
5: All right.
0: Gizzy Pierre, ladies and gentlemen, coming in, dominating his fight. Maybe we get it in June. Maybe we get another one in June. I can't wait. I'm, I'm hooked, Elijah. Man, I, if Minnesota's going to get boxing again, and we're gonna we're gonna have this going every every month or two, I'm I'm stoked. I can't wait. Man, it's, it's
3: gonna be so fun. It's gonna be a- it's gonna be a great time, man. Be able to um, cover all I, this
0: stuff. Oh, I just, I, you know, I, I, I became envious at, at the end there that I, I was like, man, I want to be a fan next time Elijah's writing.
2: <laughs> <just mark> out. <laughs> we, we, we we
0: we can be fans,
3: but just a little, just a little low key. <laughs>
2: you know,
0: and, and it was you know the hard part too Is, you know every everywhere we you know we we looked one way and we we're we running to somebody we're talking to we go another way we're running to somebody we're talking to and it just you know so it was you know you can't be rude no you know so it was what it was and I had a great time and you know I I thank I thank uh, you know your guy Rob for for the opportunity and you know yes I Rob can't wait to do Rob Lee Yes. Going to uh, knock some more uh, no, some more press conference questions out for him.
3: <laughs> I just I am, um, if if Gizzy if Gizzy's fighting in Vegas in June, may or July, man we might have to take a we we'll have to take a strong style trip, and get the <laughs> media passes,
0: in, <laughs> and go there. Yeah, it's I'm excited. i you know I came away with you know. Five, six new fighters, and I'm really interested And maybe even more than that, to be very honest With you, so, it, it, was, it was Tremendous, but, we got a break We're going to come back, we're going to talk about Stuff coming on this weekend, we're already into Hour number two um, This show's flying by, so we got to pay some bills We'll be right back, we're talking Broner And Jesse Vargas, main event Showtime next week, some good cards Coming up in the next week or two, we'll talk and give you Some picks, thoughts, the whole thing Standing account, Strong Style Media in my life, is like a movie, no rewinding. No. Killing mics like I got a license. Bitch, just- uh, oh. My belief don't have religion, don't. just a higher power. Who power? I'm not so happy with it. I but I take a breath, regain my power, check my feet when I'm walking. See if it ain't- i seen it all more than I care to reveal. I'm always sure to clear the air for the real. That's why I'm aiming at they grill, man, because that's how I feel. Nobody being sincere. We need some changes for real.
2: Again, that's Thursdays right here on the Strong Style Media Network. Thursdays at 10 p.m. Central. And if you're a musician you want to get your music heard on the show, send the MP3 over to SodaSound at StrongStyleMedia.com.
4: Enut.
2: Enut. This right here is Alpha Brain. I just drank some of this in a shake. I got to tell you right now. I couldn't be more clear. You're Clarity. 50, so I use it. I don't do anything without it. I'm addicted to I, it. I know, but I'm 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 48, but I feel
0: like I'm 26. I have a boner right now. But I have so much energy. Like I actually I am I'm, I'm and I took an Alpha Brain. And I never do. I, I want to fight you. I want to fight you. I want to go chin down and I want to bang, bang. On.
2: Sportscast radio. The one that started it all. With your host, Ryan Cook, and me, Jordan Jiskra. We're going to be giving you everything, and I mean everything, from baseball, football, basketball, hockey, field hockey, soccer, bob-setting, boxing, sports, the Survivor. Even that weird sport where they do the hurdles and jump puddles, and track and field. All right, maybe not that one, but from the college to the pros and from the rings to the rink, we've got you covered. Sportscast radio.
4: Mm. Hey now I can say my name but Say
0: my name but Your bitch
4: already knows it, knows it.
0: Got no problem spinning paper Hey
4: <laughs>
0: man, this music I, this music went- is making me mad. Yeah, I, uh, I once again, apologies That's that's uh hey, our commercials came in through came through finally. Uh, we'll say we might as well say them for next week. No point in playing one of them now. man um, Next, we'll, this music
3: has we'll got, got to go next week.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I once again I didn't pick it. the uh, The the uh, soundboard was like, no, we don't like. We'll, we'll play the, We'll play one of the commercials. You, you, uh, we'll play. We'll play the third break for you, Then you can just give me a new one, and we'll save the other two for next week. So we'll get something that sounds a lot better. I don't know what was that one song that was just going on. It sounded me and my neighbors or something like that. I don't know. Anyway. Okay.
3: I'm going to sound like some port. little Yachty some little Yachty something <laughs> little Uzi Vert <laughs> Takesha 6 9 ine Takesha 6 9 is that the
4: is that the Roy Jones Jr. edition Takesha
3: Takesha 6 9 no there's there's this whack ass rapper named Takeshi like 6 9 or something and I call him Takesha 6 9 just
0: because this weekend, we got some, some fights. I think there's three cards uh, this Saturday I'm really excited for. Obviously, the first one that we have advertised here will break down. Uh, Showtime is going to be out in New York, I believe. At, I'm, I'm assuming at Barclays, like usual. Uh, three big fights. There's a fourth that doesn't have an opponent that I'm wondering if we'll sneak onto the show. If not, maybe the YouTube page. Uh, Rushy Warren is scheduled for a 10-round fight, but he is fighting the dreaded to be announced. We know that he has a mean left hook. Uh, sometimes you just can't train well for to be announced. So we'll see what happens. Um, who, who do you think is a tougher opponent, uh, to be announced or vacant?
3: Um, I'll probably say vacant because at least vacant like is a name. It has a name. You know, it means something.
0: Vacant <laughs> at least was a former champion, right?
3: Yeah, like, to be announced is, like, your fight, like,
0: (laughs) ghost. But uh, we got a triple header, uh, two title fights, and one, I'm assuming, is going to be more so an eliminator bout. But uh, the third to top, we get Gervonta Davis taking on Jesus Cuellar for the WBA regular junior lightweight championship. The big talk, obviously, is if Gervonta Davis can defeat Jesus Cuellar. Floyd's saying he's gonna he's gonna give tank to Lomachenko. First off, with the performance that kind of lack of performance that it seemed like last time with Gervonta Davis, is he gonna be able to get through Jesus Quayler easily? Even I think so because I think he'll be.
3: I think the last fight was probably like an eye opener for her for him. You know, because he started... I, f- I feel like he started kind of buying into his own hype. You know, and he probably was like, man, I don't... I don't I don't gotta do... I don't gotta do much to get past this guy. I mean, obviously, he didn't even... He didn't even make weight for that fight, did he?
0: No, he... Uh, he, he missed it.
3: Yeah, so, I mean, I think that fight was more of him just buying into his own hype, not training hard. And... You know, it could be it could be signs of things that come for him. Or he could, you know, be like, okay, I can't do this anymore. So I'm going to go with the latter, and I'm going to think that he just had a moment where he was just buying into the hype, and, you know, he was just kind of like resting on his laurels. In this fight, he's probably going to come in in much better shape and uh, be ready to box. Because, I mean, even in the last fight, though, he didn't look that great but I mean he was still kinda of kicking the dude's butt. It just he yeah. didn't look as good as he has in the past and obviously that's because he didn't put as much effort as he normally does in to preparing himself. So I think it was just a bump in the road for him and he'll be back and he'll pro, he'll get through uh he'll get through uh the I'm thinking of the C, the C name. Yeah, Quaylar. I was hey. like Is it Quaylar or Centero? Like I'm getting Quaylar and Centero mixed up so <laughs> Uh, You know,
0: also the one thing that's interesting for me too Is this is also Jesus Cuellar's first fight Since December of 2016 He is moving up in weight Which intrigues me as well About how this fight's going to go If you look at Jesus Cuellar's rundown He defeated Claudio Moreno In 2013 to win the the vacant WBA featherweight Uh, With that he beat Rico Ramos He beat Juan Manuel Lopez with a second round KO Uh, He knocked out Vic Chinian in the 8th he beat Jonathan Okendo in a unanimous decision. Uh, and then he lost the title in a split decision to Abner Mares, who obviously Abner Mares is no bitch. Uh, Mares was dominating, you know, until, until Santa Cruz. But this is his first fight since losing the the split decision to Abner Mares. So he's coming off a, a arguable loss that you could argue both sides. He's moving up in weight. From 126 to uh, moving up from 126 to 130, so he's going up four pounds. He he has a fight that you could almost say he he arguably won. I think he's got a lot more momentum than people are giving him credit for. But this 16th or so, 16 or so month layoff, I think, is the one thing that scares me a little bit for Jesus Cuellar's chance to win this fight.
3: Yeah. That's a good but point. I, I, Very good point. I do
0: think. I mean, he's you know he, he had a good resume going up. He's twenty eight and two. But I mean, I think I think you're right about the Javonna Davis thing. He's getting he's getting a fight now with a name after an eye opener to try to take a title. So, I mean, I guess this is a true testament to see if Javonna Davis is the real deal. I think if he gets by Cuellar, then okay, I, I'll, I'll consider him a player. But after missing weight, struggling in his last fight, and then losing to a Jesus Cuellar, I think you got to start to reassess what Gervonta Davis is.
3: Yeah. So what, you, but, what is your you prediction know, for this? Oh, sorry, go ahead. An...
0: Oh, no, I was just going to say, but it's not for nothing. I mean, it's it's got a good backstory, and I think that's what's intriguing about it and really makes this something that's worth watching as a third, uh, you know, an opening fight out of the three fights. Um, I think if I'm Gervonta Davis, I need this victory because I want to fight a guy like Lomachenko. I don't know if he should fight Lomachenko, but you know, if you're Gervonta Davis, I think that's got to be logically the next step. You know, you're nineteen and all. I don't know. It's I'm I'm just I'm torn. I mean. You know, he did knock out Jose Pedraz in the seventh. He knocked out Liam Walsh in the third. But then he had that trouble with Francisco Fonseca. Did finish him in the eighth. Wow. I think this is going to be a closer fight than I, than I, ever, I ever anticipated it to be. Quelar maybe has the better pedigree and the better resume, but I think Davis, I think Davis gets the win. I, I don't think he's going to knock him out. I think it's going to be a decision. And I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go one fifteen, one thirteen, Javonna Davis seven rounds to five. That's gonna be my prediction. All right, my prediction.
3: Close. My prediction is we are going to see the old tank just running through people like he was before his last fight. And you might think this is bold or crazy, but I'm going TKO in the fifth, sixth round.
0: It's not that crazy. I mean, even with even with the struggle he had last time he still finished him in the eighth, you know, so it's not like he yeah. went to it um I just I think I think Qualter deserves a little more praise than what he's getting. But then again I also thought Erickson Lubin was gonna make a real trouble or make real trouble in that last fight and he got knocked down in the first round. <laughs> you know, I mean obviously something like that was just crazy that happened. But uh I don't know. I, I just I feel like Quaylar, Quaylar will put up a fight, but yeah, I, I, I think regardless, I'm with you. I think Giovanna Davis gets the victory. Uh, what do you think here next? Vacant interim WBC middleweight title. Finally getting the rest of those those middleweights kind of kind of scrapped up to get the the intern set up here. Jamal Charlo, Hugo Centero, Who do you got?
3: Um, definitely Charlo. I haven't seen, I haven't seen too much of Centenario fight. I, he is undefeated, isn't he? From what uh, I remember. He lost, you know? uh,
0: yeah. Yes, I'll pull, I'll pull up his uh, his record and everything here for you. Uh, he is, uh, he's twenty six and one. Okay. Uh, he lost to? Oh, he lost to uh, uh, Masay Suleyeki, who's fighting Danny Jacobs in the next couple of weeks.
3: Okay. So I mean,
0: not a bad loss whatsoever.
3: No. Um I don't know too much about Santaro, so I am going to just say that Charlo's an elite fighter and he's going to go out and get the job done and probably win by unanimous unanimous decision.
0: Yeah, I I um I mean Santaro beat in hell uh, decent win. Uh you know, he's got a couple wins coming into it. He 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 fought Julian J. Rock Williams and only got a. And he, it was a no contest. That was about the biggest fight he had going before it. I mean, Charlo's just so tough. I, yeah. Charlo's gonna. I think Charlo's stopping him. You know, isn't he's this moved, a
3: mandatory? Isn't this a mandatory too?
0: Well, this is for, for an interim Charlo? title. Okay,
3: this I thought this was. Inter- okay. Um,
0: part of it, it. So WBC President Marcio, uh Mauricio Suleiman explained the reason for this being. Oh.
3: Oh da, da 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 or never mind, what? sorry. I was just looking up something and something came up but this is old news. So scratch it. Oh I thought I was me. breaking
0: something. I thought I was breaking <laughs> something, but but it's old news. So keep going, my bad. Sorry. yeah, this is for the interim title, um, due to the the Golovkin Canelo fight. Um kinda like uh, WBA interim champion Ryota uh Riota Morata, who we saw uh, on ESPN. So just just fighting for one of the interim titles, depending on what happens. with, And I think a lot of the interim sake with, with this belt has to come into play to me for the fact of you never know what Canelo's going to do. And if at any point, you know, if Canelo would have won, say Canelo would have beat Golovkin and won the titles, you know, who's to say Canelo doesn't vacate him right away and move back down or something? So... I think that's part of the the need for interim champions even more at 160 because you know if if, if Canelo did win, I think that was the reason they did it. But no, I think uh, I think Charlo wins. I think him moving up uh, to 160 was the best thing he could have done. It separates him from his brother too. So now they can yeah. try to dominate too. they don't have to worry about. The Klitschko problem, where they would have to fight one another, and none of them could take, you know, every title in that division. Um, so yeah, I I, I think, think he comes out on top. I was going to say one thing about Canelo, though. You said
3: like we like you don't know what he's going to do. I know what he's going to do. <laughs> he's going to be bolder.
0: <laughs> that was a lot cleaner than I thought oh, it was going to be. I was like, oh, he's going to drop something about him. We we need, go, we need to we need to do we need to, we need to
3: find a sounder of him saying be bolder and use it because th- like that line is just is classic to me like I love it I just I like I just love I just be bolder I just I don't know man there's just something about it and it's not like I like I'm not a huge Canelo fan but like the be bolder uh, like gimmick and like thing with him is just it cracks me up it's it's actually pretty good.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, <It's> <laughs> is is this um is this probably the biggest no brainer on the weekend? I would think so. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it, now this fight was supposed to be um, on the uh, Wilder Ortiz undercard, but uh, Cent uh, Centennial or Centennial? Why am I but whatever. Heard uh, his ribs in trading. I can't. Words are hard tonight. I'm sorry. Uh, so obviously they had to postpone the fight. It comes out till now. Main event. That was
3: going to be we, my breaking news. That was going to be my breaking news because I pulled something up and I was about oh, to the breaking news. Yeah, and then I'm like, oh crap! I looked at the date and I'm like, oh, never mind.
4: <laughs> I was like, oh man, what did I
0: miss? Um, and then again. obviously Adrian Bronner, Jesse Vargas.
1: Look, you know how I
0: feel about Bronner. I think he's, I think he's one of the, he's up there with Chavez Jr. is one of the most underachieving fighters for the ability that I know he has. I think he has problems with Jesse Vargas. I don't know who I think is going to win yet. I got to really, really ponder here the next couple minutes. But I think this is going to be a tough fight for for Bronner. What do you, what do you feel coming into this fight?
3: Man, you know, I'm actually. I'm on the other side. I think is going to win convincingly. Like, Vargas is Bargis is pretty good technically. He doesn't, like, do anything great. But to really kind of, like, bother Broner, it seems you have to have, like, you have to be a power puncher to, bo- to okay. bother Broner. and Or you have to, like, really, like, crowd him and, like, make him fight. And it just seems to me like Vargas is more technical technically skilled and doesn't have a lot of power, so I think if they are just like straight up boxing, I think Broner could like pick him apart and hit him with a lot of shots because Broner is a very talented puncher, and if he's able to get his shots off and he's not being smothered and he's not like you're not making him like move his feet and stuff, he'll pick you mm-hmm. apart so I'm going Broner, Broner
0: UD. What do you, so, I guess with that convincing of a thought, what, what do you think Vargas needs to do, or what chance do you give Vargas to, to win this fight then?
3: I would say maybe less than 50-50. I just, I don't see Vargas as like a great pressure fighter, and those are the type of guys that seem to give Broner problems, guys like Maidana, guys like Sean Porter. Um, yeah. Mikey Garcia isn't a crazy pressure fighter, but he's got a lot. He can punch. And he yeah, is he's so able to, skilled. Yeah, he's so skilled, and he can punch. And, you know, it's just – I just – I don't know if Vargas – style-wise, I don't know if Vargas is – like, I don't know. I think Broner's a bad matchup for Vargas, or I think style-wise – Vargas is an easier matchup for Broner, honestly.
0: And and I'll, I definitely won't... I'm not going to disagree with it. And Look, you know... You know everyone wants to know... Um, that I... <laughs> <have a> little, <laughs> yeah, sorry to go into that. Every, every time I hear something like that, I got to go into that wrestling promo. Um, I I just... I, I think my problem is I, I want... I wish Broner would have been better. There was—I don't remember. I always say this, and I don't remember if it—if it was Stevenson or Broner that fought him, but was it Broner that fought Ashley Theilpan? And he was wearing them bright ass yellow and red trunks, Broner. I
3: think it was Broner that fought Theopane. Yeah.
0: So after the fight, he actually cuts a promo or whatever you want to call it, and you know he says, "I'm actually, you know, I, I've learned from mistakes after the Porter and everything." I'm about boxing, not about billions anymore, and I need to, get, I need to become about boxing and, and reach my true potential. And he, and he said all this, and I'm going, thank God. I've been saying this the whole time. You're too busy trying to be Floyd Mayweather Jr. that you can't be Adrian Bruner. You know, what's the point of you trying to be something you're never going to be? And I felt like he finally figured out his identity, and you know, in the middle of him doing that, you know, he, he gets he gets a nice victory with a knockout after that, and he goes right back to his old ways, and then he goes in there and gets his ass kicked by Mikey Garcia. And it's just like, you can see how good of a fighter he is, but he just doesn't seem to, I don't know, just, I don't know. Like,
3: his am I crazy? Like, no, I mean, his biggest problem seems to be, like, his inactivity when he's fighting. Like, he just, there are stretches where he just, doesn't do a lot, you know. He kind of like, he's not the he's not as good defensively as he thinks he is. So he kind of like tries to slip all these punches and stuff while this guy's like throwing like tons of punches at him and he's getting hit with them a little bit. But you know and he's slipping some of them, but he's still getting hit a little bit and he's not throwing back. He just he needs to like put the pedal to the metal a little more and let his hands go a little more. And if he did that, man, he would he would he would be pretty dangerous. But I just I don't know I mean, with him. I think he admires his like work a little too much too.
0: Is is it, it a blessing boxing. or a hindr- Is it a blessing or a hindrance for him having that relationship he did with Floyd? I don't think
3: that really comes into play, honestly. I just I I don't think him like being friends with Floyd made him think that he could be the next Floyd Mayweather. He could easily have just just watched a lot of Floyd May- Mayweather boxing, you know, boxing and fighting and stuff and been like, I really like that guy's style. I'm going to try and emulate him. So I don't know, man. I and, I and can't really just said, say.
0: You listen to his promos and he's always like L- big brother, little brother taking over the world cuz I'm going to be I'm going to do it the way he does it and like he he, he, he I don't know. He just wants to be like
3: he saw what Floyd did to kind of like prom- like kind of promote himself and make money and he probably thought like that's the way to go you know it was it was weird because he changed kind of he wasn't he wasn't really like super cocky like that like early on in his career and then i just remember like the whole like starting to comb his hair thing and then like when he proposed to that to that to his girlfriend for as a joke then he started kind of changing, but I mean, I don't know. It is what it is with him.
0: Yeah, and and like, I, and I admit, you know, like I said, a hundred percent. I think he has talent. I think he's a great fighter. I just, you know, he's 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 one of those guys that I feel like I feel like he could be so much more, and I just don't see. It's just, it just, if I, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is, if I'm Adrian Broner, I'd be frustrated that I'm not a. A world champion somewhere.
3: Oh, he! I, de- I bet you! I bet you he is. I mean, honestly, like I think he is. He just, who knows if he has the heart to like get himself out of that rut. I mean, he kind of. There's video of him like just punching some dude in Vegas, like knocking him out, like on the Vegas Strip. No one knows why. He just kind of did it. So I mean, I think he's. I think he's frustrated that his career hasn't went. As well as he thought it was, or, you know, it's kind of, he's had some struggles lately, but a lot of it probably is his own doing.
0: Yeah, yeah. um, Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, like I said, I'm not, you know, I'm 100% not trying to, to rag on him. Like, I, no. I, I do it, you know, I do a lot of it as a joke because a lot of it I'm just like, ha, ah, you know, come on, dude, you, you should be doing this. But I, I like, I. I enjoy watching him and I want to see him succeed with it and I I just I don't know I feel Vargas is going to do a lot more than people think and this is going to be a lot tougher of a fight but I will go Broner decision uh, same as you then to be fair with with his talent split unanimous that's I'm going to go like 116 112 like 8 rounds to 4 okay and I, I think um, I think Broner's one of like
3: one of the most talented fighters out there too. I just there's just something missing there.
0: You know, and maybe maybe that's that's an example, a better example um for an Edner Cherry. You know, it's it's a guy who's who's so talented he just doesn't seem to it just doesn't seem to click. I don't I don't Edner Cherry's
3: not like a He's not as a talented fighter as, as uh as um Broner is though. I think he's more of a uh he's just more of a tough like he's just more of a tough like vet. I don't know, it's it's weird. I just with the talent gap between the two, I don't know if it's a great comparison just because Yeah. But
0: I should Broner see. I could, don't mean Broner don't could
3: think... be Broner could be so much better, but mm-hmm. I think I think Cherry might have like maxed out his ability because of, like, how hard he works and how much hard he has. You know what I mean?
0: So I guess, let, let me say it like, uh, it probably still doesn't make sense. I was going to say, not, not boxing ability, but, like, the journey that their career has taken with always, f- like, fluttering with being the best and then taking the loss and going back down. You know, broader. Gets right up there and then gets a loss. Gets right back up there and gets another loss. And can't seem to figure out why he doesn't stay up there.
3: Yeah, who knows? I don't
0: know.
1: if, but, um,
3: if if I if 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 I, if I, if, I, if I can think of a better comparison, I'll let you know. But since I can't off the top of my head right now, we'll agree.
0: And <laughs> like, and I don't mean to beat the dead, beat a dead horse in the mouth with the whole, you know, Edner Cherry band. I, comparison it just i in my head there's i see exactly somebody that i'm trying to compare it to and every time i try to do that i can never like i can't i can't put my finger on what i'm trying to say and so like every i'm trying to like grasp to everything i can see and and hope for <laughs> so gotta, to me to uh, me it's comparable fighters to me comparable fighters
3: would be like a guy like ender cherry um and like Raymond Beltrán before Beltrán won his like title fight before like I th- I think I think um Cherry and Beltrán would be like a better comparison just because you know they both you know they can fight but they're like not as talented as the guys Adrian Broner but they've maximized their ability if I guess that makes sense but whereas Broner hasn't really maximized his ability like I would compare Broner to a guy who has elite talent, but just like hasn't like harnessed all of his talent, and I could probably think of a guy, but I just don't know if I can think of a guy right now because I'm kind of tired and it's kind of short notice for kind of putting me on the spot.
0: So. <laughs> well, before we move on to the next next couple fights, if you had to give any, if you had to give Adrian Broner two words for advice on how to be a better fighter or how to make his career go to where it should go what are those two words you would say to him activity and
3: uh that's really and better footwork honestly activity and better footwork that's that's what i w- that's what i would say for broner he stands i stands um, in the middle of the ring he stands in the middle of the ring too too much like kind of just moving like moving you know trying to slip punches and stuff he's not he's uh, not mayweather and his defense isn't as good as his defenses will never be as good as Mayweather's uh my
0: two words would be this
2: uh there's
0: my two words yeah words. <laughs>
4: you got yes.
0: it wasn't it was uploading here's the one advantage with having uh, two computers going at one time is I can do make clips now as we're going and here we'll make it <laughs> <laughs> um ESPN- be bold. ESPN Plus, um, main fight that I think people are going to be wanting to pay attention to. Uh, Amir Khan takes on Phil Greco They're Le- in uh, Liverpool. Does this fight do anything for you? Are you excited at all for Khan Greco
3: Yeah, I'm excited to see Khan fight again because I like Khan. I think he's an entertaining, entertaining fighter. I mean, the dude has like. Some of the fastest hands in the world, and has a crazy good jab, and you know he's in a lot of fights until like he gets caught. You know he's gotta gotta stop taking so many risks. He seems to be a guy that gets a little too overconfident in his like punching ability, and he'll start yeah. to like instead of instead of boxing, he'll he'll start to go try and go toe to toe with guys, and then he gets caught like. Canelo, I mean, honestly, he was outboxing Canelo for most of that fight until he got caught. I mean, it was, probably, <laughs> it probably, it was eventually going to happen just because I think Canelo was going to wear him down because of the size difference and stuff. But, I mean, Khan was, Khan was, was fighting really well. Um, yeah. Danny, Gar- Danny Garcia was another guy. Before Danny Garcia caught him with that crazy right hook, Khan was beating the brakes off him. He was making Garcia look terrible. So, I mean,
0: Khan's got a lot of ability. So, I, I hey, enjoy watching Khan fight. I, I feel like the one thing, too, with Amir Khan that hurts him is, is kind of you, where you're going with it is. It, I feel like he, he, he knows how well he can box, and he starts getting that upper hand and starts really making it work. And then he starts getting over anxious. You know, I'm going to beat Danny Garcia and really starts going in and, and really continues to go after it instead of boxing and keeping the game plan going, you know, heavy underdog with Canelo. And he's, you know, he's, he's doing damage to Canelo. It was like watching Kell Brook with, with triple G, but then, you know, he, he gets out of his game plan and then we see, you know, and in, in, you know, I, you may disagree with it, but you know, this, this, this is where, you know, like it showed how good of a fighter Canelo is and, Khan fed right into it, and he was doing so good, but then he just starts running in there with things, and he and he eats these counters, and he just he sleeps, and it sucks because you you, you can see how good this dude is throughout the fights, and then it just I don't know, I, like I said, I don't know if he just gets over-anxious, and knows he's winning, and really wants to try to go in and, and solidify the victory instead of taking his time, or what, but I I just, I don't know where he goes at 147 here, because, you know what, if, if and when, I have to say if because nothing's for sure, but when Crawford takes out Jeff Horn, I don't know if Khan can beat Crawford, Spencer, Thurman to try no. to get a title at seven No, not especially
3: the, not at Khan's advanced age either. He, I mean, he is getting up there in age, and he's been like, you know, he's been... um a part of like uh, on the receiving end some brutal knockouts so mm-hmm. for all we know this he could be like starting to hit the down slope because he hasn't what fought in like two years I, it, I it don't took think him, he's like, two
0: years since... off too I mean his fight I don't think yeah I, I'll, I'll look it up to be safe but that was my thought too is I don't think he's fought since then so um, I mean he
3: who knows if he's even at the elite level that he used to be at At this point, you know, I don't, I don't see him beating any of the top 147 guys. Maybe, maybe, maybe Thurman, but, and I mean, obviously anything can happen with any of those guys, but yeah, I don't really see him being able to beat any of the top 147 guys. I think his time as being like a title contender is probably going to start coming to an end here. I think he yeah, has I one, mean, probably he, has one more. I think he probably has, if he wins this fight, I think he has one more, like, title shot in him to where if he wins this fight, he's going to be in the title picture probably. But I think that this is probably going to be the last hurrah for him. Yeah, I
0: mean, he, you know, he had, he lost back to back. He lost Peterson in the Garcia fights. But he went on a tear, beat Carlos Molina, Julio Diaz, Luis Collazo, Devin Alexander, Chris Algeria, and then he lost to Canelo. Uh, single to Mile Weekend 2016, so he it'll be, you know, two weeks away from two years. Come this Saturday that he's fought last, you know. Last, I I don't the I don't I don't see him getting the title in this division again because, you know, I don't he, he's not beating Arrow Spence to me. Um, nope. I'm on the side where I I feel Keith Thurman until until Crawford, you know. Really fights in this division coming up in June. I still think this is. I still think Thurman's the pound for pound welterweight champ. Um, I think he's the best fighter in the division. Um, I know other people don't agree with it, but I I think Thurman's the best guy in here. So I don't think you're beating Thurman. Um, I think Spence is the second best fighter. He's not beating Spence, and that you know that gives us Terence Crawford. Where if Crawford beats Horn, Crawford could leapfrog both Spence and Thurman for how good he is, and you're dead. So you're definitely not beating. Crawford. I think the yeah. only shot that Amir Khan has is if somehow Jeff Horn upsets Crawford. But then I almost think you can't say that because realistically, if Jeff Horn somehow beats Crawford and he just beat Pacquiao, then maybe Jeff Horn really is for real and Amir Khan's probably not going to beat him then. We so I all know what I of... what's
3: that? Sorry, go ahead, finish your thought. My bad. So what did you
0: say? Right, go ahead. I
3: said we all know we all know that Horn didn't beat Pacquiao though. I mean no. it, on the on the record book
0: it says that
3: Horn won, but let's be real. You know, if
0: if he if he gets the same type of a victory over Crawford, what do you think that says then if, if Amir Khan fights him though? I guess is where I'm going. Like you really think they'll give Khan a decision if they didn't give Crawford or Pacquiao?
3: No. Probably not. So but I'm sure I'm sure Horn's not going to get any big fights in Australia anytime soon, any ever no. again.
0: And and here's the thing I'll say too is if he gets a BS decision over Crawford and wins again, I bet you a lot of these guys just avoid him and let him just Adonis Stevenson himself on an island somewhere, and they don't even talk to him. You know, screw yeah. that. That belt, we're not all getting screwed out. We'll just treat. We'll fight for these three titles, and whenever he manages to vacate or lose, then we'll go back for that WBO. Yeah. I don't know. I I, think, I don't think he makes it makes it past the eighth round against Crawford. But yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen stranger things, but you know, just yeah. even having the conversation says to me that Amir Khan is just, you know, he's there, but he's I don't know. I mean. He's, does
3: he see? I don't even know what I do. Does he? I think, he I think title. if he if he wins this fight, I think he gets a title shot just because he's a big name and he's, and he's back and he's think... he's a good he's a good selling point for for a fighter and you know it's a it's a fight that might not be super dangerous but it's a big name. And it it would be like a good he I think he still has a chance to be like a title challenger if he wins this fight after this fight if he wins it I don't not saying he, he's gonna beat any of the guys but yeah. he's an attractive that's, he's an attractive guy to fight
0: but you know I I would I think too you know if you're if you're Spence Thurman or Crawford I think there's got to be just a smidge of risk though fighting Amir Khan I think that's the hard part where where Khan's kind of stuck in a weird situation because. He can pose a threat to somebody. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think if it if it didn't if it isn't a problem to go from one forty seven to one fifty four? Do you think he'd have a better shot trying to fight a guy like Saddam Ali for his last title shot?
3: Yeah, I think he has a better chance of beating Saddam Ali than the guys that we
0: mentioned. You know. So maybe that's a, maybe that's a, an idea. Go go up and wait one more class. Go to 154 and just kind of see what you can do in there against against the guy. Because I mean, look, we we know Jared Hurd's going to be tied up with Charlo. I'm assuming they're going to they're going to unify the IBF, WBA, and WBC. Saddam Ali's got a fight coming up some point here soon. I'm going to scroll through and see if I can find it. But I know Saddam Ali's defending his title. Um, I think it's in May. Um, let's see. That's the Danny Jacobs fight. Uh, we're now in May. Like I think it's like the week after Cinco de Mayo. Uh, is that it? No, that's the Alexander Usyk, Linares Lomachenko. Yeah, it's the same night as Lomar Linares Lomachenko. The weekend after uh, Saddam Ali's putting his WBO junior middleweight title on the line against uh, Liam Smith.
3: Okay. Not much, that fight doesn't really do much for me
0: No, I think, I think Ali rolls him I think, you know, Ali Overcame that loss he had With beating Koto like he did So, yeah. you know don't be rested, I'm not saying it'll happen But, you know, if, if I'm Amir Khan's Camp, you know, he's, he, you know he signed on with a new promoter I can't remember who signed him, but he's on with a new promoter And he's, he's going to make one more run at this He said, maybe that's the route to go Yeah, you could be right. God, it just—it's that's the hard part for a guy like that because you know 140 doesn't get it any easier. We we saw you know Regis Prograis is is definitely making noise. Mikey Garcia is still in that division, you know, winning that title against Lippinier. Obviously, Cairo Lipier, Relic showed that. is still there. Cairo Relic dominated his last fight. Jose Ramirez yeah. has got a title and he's no slouch over there as well. So he's. You know, it's kind of log jammed, you know, between those three divisions. And it's like, maybe Saddam Ali is the, is the weakest link. And that's not dogging Saddam Ali. It's just, no, you know, he, when he can be beaten, I guess, is where I, where I look at it.
3: Yeah. Um,
0: then, obviously, you know, so, so we got all that. Moving on, Showtime is running a card on Facebook as well this coming Saturday. Um, on it, Facebook? So you have to watch it on Facebook? Showtime, uh, it's the Showtime Facebook page, and also on YouTube. It's in New uh, Northern Ireland, but this is it's um it's the Zolani Tite Omar uh, Narva- Narvaez for Tite's bantamweight, uh but Carl Frampton Donita so Donaire for the vacant WBO featherweight. That's on YouTube. That's not on. that's on the Frampton Donaire fights not on TV. On the showtime's Facebook page or youtube what <laughs> I would have thought that Showtime would have showed it at like three o'clock in the afternoon like they do with those fights, and then showed the the Barclays card at night and just showed both, but apparently yeah, not. now I'm gonna have to
3: try and figure out how to watch that on Facebook, man good thing i got a good thing I got a, like a Roku and a Roku t v but seriously <laughs> why why is that on YouTube? Ugh.
0: And and the worst part too is you know like so example this this coming Saturday you know I won't be able to watch it you know if you're at that TrueX thing you're not going to be able to watch it unless you want to sit with your phone out. Yeah. This it's if it, this is a fight I'm interested in that probably won't be able to cover. Now I will say I would hope that you can rewatch it at a later date on the YouTube page or the Facebook page. Yeah.
3: So. You know, or maybe maybe something. it'll be on the Showtime app. I have the Showtime app, so maybe it'll be on that.
0: Yeah. So so I'm I'm hoping when I get out of work, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna try to watch it before I watch the the Broner Vargas card because I'm sure they're gonna have spoilers all over the place. So for anybody who's got to watch them at a later date, try to watch the Frampton first. Otherwise, you're probably gonna get spoiled.
3: Spoiler uh, alert. <laughs>
0: We don't have a ton of time here left. Uh, let's, let's take our last break. I know we're going to come back and not have much left for time. You know, maybe we'll go a couple minutes into overtime, but let's, let's just take that last break for the sake of to get the rest of our uh, sponsors some love. And then we come back, we'll close out with just a quick rundown of news, rumors, the whole nine yards. Might be a quick segment, might, might be a little longer. You may, get a, you may get a little extra overtime since we've gone short. Uh, a couple weeks, so we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll break real quick. Be right back. Send 8 Counts, Strong Sound Media.
5: Missing out on an awesome Uh-oh. show sucks. SeatGeek is an app that lets you track your favorite artists and notifies you when they announce new shows
1: nearby. You can even connect your favorite music services so that you never miss out again. SeatGeek, the smart
5: way to buy tickets
0: fan of pro wrestling like we are? Yeah. We got you covered. Yeah. From WWE, yeah. New Japan, yeah. Ring of Honor, yeah. Impact, yeah. Lucha Underground, yeah. All Japan, and yeah. more. We're talking yeah. the highs and lows in pro yeah. wrestling. Heck, yeah. we're even giving you people yeah. from the Okadas and Omega. We're even yeah. talking the Bone Soldiers yeah. and Enzo Amori. No. Sorry, no. Daniel. We'll stick to guys no. like this. Ryan Cook here, and you can check me out along with my co-host Alex Mello each Monday night, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the Strong Style Network.
1: Okay, I'm gonna get that jersey for
2: Steven. Oh, that Michigan sweatshirt is perfect for Susan. Ryan is going to love this head. Fanatics.com has great gifts for all the sports fans in your life. Go to Fanatics.com right now and get free shipping and up to 10% cash back on absolutely everything. Every sport, every team. Fanatics.com, where sports fans shop.
5: Call Ashley
0: Yeah, it's about time you call that girl No, 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 he just told to that girl two hours ago You gotta let love marinate Put love in that bag Marinate mm, Love gonna be in that bag like mm, I can't wait to talk to him tomorrow
2: what? And then after it marinates, You're no. oh, gonna pull it out JB, who's Alexa? Say it! Say it, JB. You Alexa, that's right, I'm Alexa
1: Thanks guys, but I'll take it from here
0: catch you. There you go, Elijah. Some OGC. <laughs> or no, Bootcamp
3: Click, actually. Bootcamp Click, my bad. Some guys from no. Bootcamp Click are an OGC, so, but, brings me back to the old days, man.
0: <laughs> I thought uh, I thought that would make you feel better after uh, we heard. Um, uh, sorry, so just, just some... typical, but the music is not hot. <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe you need to take your tracks, update your game, and do this. Stuff Be right Be a little bolder when you do it. <laughs> Be bolder.
3: Oh, one um, thing I was going to say about our commercials mm-hmm. is I actually listened to the Joe Rogan one, and I can't believe he's like, I got a boner.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, Demetrius noticed it like a month ago, what was going on at Lids. And he's like... <laughs> He said some woman in the store when he was playing uh, he was playing WrestleCast in the store, some lady's eyes like looked up and like looked up at the speaker and he was like, Oh god So every time that commercial comes on now, I um I put his I put, I put his he he'll usually call and I'll just leave his phone on so he can listen that way because he doesn't get good Wi Fi in there. And um mm-hmm. I'll put him into a screening room so it's just dead silence until it's over. Then I'll put him back out of it.
3: <laughs>
0: that was random, but I just had to point
3: that out. That I was like, "What?" <laughs> I
0: thought that was I thought that was funny. Uh, Triple G, Gennady, Gennady Golovkin apparently will be making his official official uh, decision on Wednesday or Thursday about what he is going to be doing. Um. There isn't enough money for Golovkin to get a high-quality replacement opponent. If he fights on that date without facing his IBF mandatory challenger Sergey Derevianchenko, then he'll likely be stripped of his title. So part of the problem running into it is if he doesn't fight his mandatory, he may he may lose that title. 154-pounder um, pound contender Vain's marta Rosen is the front runner to face Golovkin on May 5th but with the decision being made by Team Triple G on Wednesday or Thursday, it suggests that they could very well wait to fight again until September for the Canelo fight. In other words, Golovkin would wind up giving up his May 5th date to sit inactive for an entire year until Canelo is able to fight again in September. That's if Canelo is given a reduced six-month suspension by the Nevada State Athletic Commission after they meet with him on April 18th for his hearing on his two-positive tests for clenbuterol. Golovkin has an opponent that... It, the California State Athletic Commission and HBO have both agreed on and 31-year-old Martin Rosen. But the problem is that the IBF hasn't agreed on him and they likely won't anytime soon because they already have Derevyanchenko as their mandatory challenger and they want Golovkin to fight on May 5th. Uh, Tom Loeffler said at some point we're going to run out of time. Right now, it's three weeks from Saturday. The arenas are still working with us. The networks are working with us. Unfortunately, when you have fights like this that fall out, not everything is under your control. We're under the gun now just to save May 5th. At this point, what do you think Triple G should do?
3: He he has to fight. He has to try and fight someone. He can't He can't sit inactive for a year and go into like a fight with Canelo after sitting for a year, you know, I mean? I just he's he's getting older and his style of fighting, I mean, he's fairly technical, but I mean, he does take some punches and stuff, and his style of fighting, you know, isn't good for older guys. So, honestly, you got to like you got to try and stay active somehow and get your fight in just so you can so you're not like totally rusty when the Canelo fight comes around.
0: Do you think it's one of those situations that Golovkin has, pr- has kind of played himself into a tougher job and challenge, collecting so many titles because there is mandatory fighters and if you don't fight them you can't just pick your opponents as, as often as you want and he should just take the Derevyanchenko fight and realize that hey, if collecting belts and unifying this division is my number one my number one thing I want to do I gotta take the less money fighter because I don't want to lose the title.
3: Yeah, that's. Like it, I mean, that's what I it, would do because if he loses a the title, then the whole Canelo fight doesn't mean as much as it would if they were fighting for all the titles. Mm-hmm. So,
0: it, it, and it, that's that's it. It sucks thinking that that he kind of, you know, put himself in this situation, which you never expect is going to go the way it goes. But I mean, and you know, the drop off happens. Point.
3: Here's mm-hmm. one more point I can make, too. Um, who even know if he, if he gets stripped of his belt, who even knows if Canelo wants to fight him anymore if he's not a title holder? Canelo could just, like, skip over and be like, you're not a title holder anymore. I'm going to fight someone
5: else.
0: Yeah. You know, and you know what's the crap part about that, too, is Canelo, regardless of what we want to say, is still the A-side. He could go fight that guy who want, who took the vacant title now. Yeah, You know and if he beats him Now he's got one of the titles If he gets to Billy Joe before Golubkin gets him Beats Billy Joe now he has the other half of the division And all the leverage that Triple G Has started to make headway of Is now gone
3: Yeah Ah oh, it sucks yeah. yeah crazy situation So if I'm Triple G I'm finding a way to fight And I'm probably just going to take my mandatory Because that's what has to be done now in this situation.
0: Yeah, and and I don't, you know, I think there's enough boxing boxing purists and fans that aren't going to criticize him to fight Sergey Derevyanchenko. I think I'd rather see him fight Derevyanchenko than Marta Rosen. You know, Marta Rosen's yeah, I mean, a 154-pounder that's coming up in weight to fight him.
3: Yeah, I would much rather see him fight Derevyanchenko just because I've already seen Marta Rosen fight plenty of times, and he's a good fighter, but... I don't, I think Triple G beats him fairly easily. Mm-hmm.
0: There uh, might be a Danny little J. more
3: intrigue for the Derevianchenko fight, just because I think Derevianchenko is a better fighter than Marta Rosen.
0: Hundred. Hundred percent. And then, like I, you know, I, like I said, I think that the weight thing is definitely a, a another, you know, kind of kind of hard factor that they need to need to look at with. Marta Rosen is, I don't see him posing a threat because of that. Yeah. Um, Danny Jacobs says um, he wants Triple G next after he faces unbeaten junior middleweight contender uh, Massier, Suiecki. Uh, Brooklyn Jacobs says Golovkin is just looking to take take on soft opposition now. He says that fighters are not running from Golovkin like the way some people believe. Jacobs says that fighters are running toward him and trying to get a fight against him. He said, my goal is to win, however, I have to, to get me the victory. I'm on the cusp of a world title opportunity. I know I'm the mandatory for the WBA title, just waiting for my opportunity. I know, those, I know those guys aren't in a rush to fight me. Him being a world champion is going to make it harder because Golovkin has all the belts. What do you think of that, that thought Danny Jacobs has? Do you think people are rushing to try to fight Triple G right now, or is he just kind of trying to get some hype?
3: I think he's just trying to get some hype because, I mean... No one's no one's like jumping at the opportunity to fight Loma, or uh, Golovkin now. I mean, he can't even find a fight.
4: <laughs> <laughs> That's such
3: a good point. I'm glad you caught that. In the middle of all so,
0: this talking, it's like, well, why can't he get a fight then?
3: So, and I, I love Jacobs, but I think Jacobs is just trying to get some get some hype out there so he can maybe, you know, be the the next guy that is in the title picture, whether it be against. Canelo or Triple G for like the unification of those belts so so yeah I think it's just it's just it's just a lot of just talk and a lot of just like you know I'm just trying to get myself back out there again not saying that Dan Jacobs is irrelevant you know but he trying to promote himself a little bit honestly and I think that's about it
0: and you know I I think it's a good tactic because he's you know, it's not like he's like totally dogging him, but he's definitely no. mind and triple T that he's out there. And I respect yeah. that. I like Dave Jacobs and, you know, it's, it's he's he's coming at this in a much better way than the next thing I want to bring up, the the Joshua Wilder scenario that continues to spin and turn around. Uh Anthony Joshua says he uh, Eddie Hearn says Joshua wants Wilder at Wimbley in September. Um, Wilder has already said now that he's agreeable to come into the UK to face Joshua for their first of two fights between them. If he's not comfortable fighting in the U S however, Hearn will likely now need to increase that initial flat fee of 12.5 million that he's offered to Deontay for the fight to become a reality. So it sounds like they're moving on now from knowing that that was a stupid, stupid offer and, how dumb whether he agrees with it whether Hurd made him do it or Joshua agrees with it Joshua should have never said anything to Wilder about that's a good number take it that was stupid that made him look bad and I don't mean to dog him but that pissed me off and you know this was something that we we alluded to last week that we didn't say because I didn't want Elijah to break his computer which about ended our, our chat session last Wednesday when we talked but you know? What what we didn't tell you guys was Anthony Joshua endorsed a eighty twenty split. That it was a great deal for Wilder.
1: Now you know after having days to
0: think about this, Elijah. Whether whether Joshua meant it or Hearn had him say it, that was stupid. Are we in agreement on that? That, that was a dumb take. Yeah, I, th-
3: I think um, I, th- I think it's very stupid. Um, but I just I think Joshua's kind of. Showing that he's a yes man, you know he might not he might not think it, but he's definitely going along with what his promoter is telling him to do, whether hey, it be young. like the. Huh. Oh, I was just
0: I was agree with you, you know, and he's young too, which definitely makes it makes him easy and easy more easier impressionable. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not the biggest I'm not like.
3: I'm not the biggest Wilder fan. I think he's exciting to watch and stuff, but I don't think he's on Joshua's level. But there's no way in hell that Wilder only deserves a 20 split. Like he deserves more, like 45, like even 50. I think you have the two biggest names in heavyweight in the heavyweight division, and you know, the 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 money that they're both going to bring in for this fight would be astronomical and it'd be oh like the God. most re- it'd be the most relevant heavyweight fight since like Evander Holyfield was fighting back in the day you know and just to to only offer wilder 20% is just insulting yeah and just and- u- uncalled for it and ridiculous and you know he's gonna be just the biggest factor of this fight making money as Joshua is, in my opinion. Maybe not so much if they fight um, in Europe just because of the pro uh, Joshua crowd over there. But still, mm-hmm. people are still going to be like, oh my god, Wilder's fighting fighting <laughs> Joshua? I mean, it's... So, like, 20 is terrible. That's just... That's ridiculous.
4: Well, and I and think if I'm Wilder...
0: Sorry, go ahead.
3: No, no, it, you know I, I didn't mean to cut
0: you off, but I I think what's ridiculous about this too is it's like okay you're doing eighty twenty, so it's a sixty seven sixty seven and a half million Joshua, twelve and a half million a Wilder. Uh, you could do a a fifty five forty five. Yeah. And Joshua still probably makes seventy million. Yeah. You know it, they they gave they gave Joseph Parker thirty three percent. We talked about that last week. How it makes no sense that they're offering him 13% less than a guy who he's better. You know, he's a much better draw. And, you know, he's one and one a with Joshua on top of the top of the division. It's what everyone wants. If, if you put those two in the ring together, the tickets are going to sell themselves. He's going yeah. to make as much if if they do the split. I don't think he, you know, and I think, I think what Eddie Hearn is thinking with this eighty twenty is he's thinking that it's going to draw what the Parker fight did. This thing is going to blow the Parker fight out of the water
1: because the American yeah.
0: audience. He can sell. They could sell this on Showtime pay per view, and get yeah. a million buys from America. Yeah. And there's you're going to make you're going to make three hundred million from that.
3: Yeah, and another uh, a lot of this could be too like Eddie Hearn like just kind of. Not wanting to work with Finkel, you yeah. Because I mean, obviously, if if I'm Deontay Wilder and they come to me with that offer, I'm telling them to the fuck off. Excuse my language, but <laughs> I'm not even I'm not even <laughs> oh, entertaining. I'm not even entertaining entertaining to fight for that. Like that's insulting, and you know, Hearn and Finkel have like issues and stuff, and I think a lot of it could be that Hearn is just being stubborn and trying not to work with these guys just because he has some animosity towards them too you know what I mean so
0: here's, here's where I'm going to give you a massive downer but I think there is a positive that we'll come back with so this is going to get really frustrating even more but then I think it's going to rise and become unfrustrating but here's the latest after all of this is done uh, before Joshua faces Wild in September, Hearn will have to defend will have him defend his WBA heavyweight title against mandatory challenger Alexander Povetkin in the summer. There's some risk involved for Joshua in that fight unless he has a referee working the fight, like the ones that offici- officiated AJ's fight with WBO heavyweight champion Joseph Parker, and the fact that it's it's a pull apart referee. So I get that, you know, it, it stops a lot of contact. Whatever. Hearn believes the Joshua Wilder fight won't bring in the kind of money that Deontay's management thinks it will. So Hearn doesn't think this fight's going to draw, which could be as much as $100 million. Hearn thinks it will only take in a $40 million payoff. Uh, Perhaps Hearn could be right. What's unclear, though, is why he's offering now, he's now offering Wilder a flat fee rather than a straight percent. That's the peculiar thing going on now. If Wilder agrees to take $12.5 million flat from Hearn, he's, he's basically, before I keep reading this, so for, for what everyone listening is, he's now instead of saying, well, eighty twenty would get you about 12.5, he's saying, well, we'll just give you 12, $12.5 million, meaning if the fight only makes 40, Joshua's only making 27.5, so now you're looking at more uh, you know, a better percentage for him, is what they're basically saying. So they're it's trying to a make it seem it's still a bad deal. It should be it that it should be twenty million each.
3: Another where another
0: thing too is
3: he's saying that, but he probably knows that's going to make more money than that. So if Wilder like agrees to that and the fight makes more money, they're making <laughs> more like
0: they're making <laughs> even more money. That's where that's where this is going here. Check this out: um, If Wilder agrees to twelve and a half million flat fee from Hearn then what happens if the fight does bring in a hundred million dollars? Does Joshua pocket all the rest of the loot and Wilder just continues to make $12.5 million flat? That's the whole problem with Hearn's flat fee offer now. Hearn seems to be basing it on a low projection of revenue coming in for the Joshua-Wilder fight. The sum is fine if Joshua-Wilder fight only takes $25 million. In that case, $12.5 million is, is a perfect amount for Deontay to get the fight being 50-50. But if the fight makes $100 million, Wilder is going to look bad if Joshua walks away with $87.5 million, as it's now an 87.5 to 12.5 split, which basically drops it almost in half of what he was going to make. uh, I don't think Wilder's management are going to ever agree to a $12.5 million flat fee based on Hearn's low projections for the fight. If Hearn offered Wilder a flat fee, now of $40 million, then I think there's a good chance that he and his managers, Al Heyman and Shelly Finkel, would agree to that number because it would be based on the highest possible projection for the fight. Um, which goes down... Uh, the current 87 5, 12, 5 per split to give to Wilder isn't going to work. Finkley will be making counter offer to Hearn, which is now believed that he's going to offer or ask Hearn for a 60-40 split. If Hearn gives Wilder $40 million flat fee, he could wind up losing money if the fight only brings in $30 million. So the best thing Hearn can now do is simply give Wilder 40% cut of the revenue, and I think he'll sign quickly if he's offered a percentage deal like that. It's in Hearn's best interest to make the Joshua Wilder fight happen in 2018 because if one of those two happen to lose, then that's a lot of money that we be flashed, flushed down the drain. Joshua will not make the same kind of money facing any other current contenders in the division right now unless Tyson Fury is able to fight him, and who knows how long before that fight could even take place. Fury might look awful and lose in one of his four comeback fights even this year. Mm-hmm. He's talking about wanting to fight four times in 2018 but might look poor. Joshua Fury won't bring in huge numbers in pay-per-view buys if Fury's looking sloppy and over the hill in his next four fights. Wilder 32 is probably the best bet for Joshua to make a huge amount of money fighting right now until some of the younger guys like Daniel Dubois start making waves at the upper levels of the division. So from the sounds of it is he's offering him an extreme low offer, extremely worse than before, which is just asinine and egregious, but... It sounds like Finkel is going to come back with 60-40 and not the 50-50, which is going to be less than, the off, than than what they were saying they wanted. Maybe Eddie Hearn agrees to the deal and we get it in September at 60-40, which I still think is low, but I would still take it. What do you think if it gets 60-40? Is that, as much as maybe it isn't fair, is it, is it better to just take it and if you win, now you hold the leverage against Eddie Hearn?
3: Yeah, I would... I think even though it's not what I would like... It's not like the 100% most ideal thing, I think I would take a 60-40 if they offered it to me because you know, it's definitely a lot better than a flat fee of 12.7. And... would probably be the highest that they would absolutely go. So, I mean, I I would take it. And I would say that, you know, if I win this fight or if we have a rematch, then you have to, like, you know, give me a better split, so.
0: And and here's the thing is, I think if he takes a 60-40, say Wilder does knock out Joshua. Because I I, I think that fight's going to go... I think it's going to be Joshua decision or Wilder knockout. I don't think Wilder can outpoint him. I think his only hope is to knock him out. I think Joshua's that good, but I think Wilder's that dangerous. So I think that's kind of how I'd that the fight would go. Now, I could be wrong, but it, the logical answer for that is to me is that. If Wilder does knock him out, does Wilder now have control? Does he get to look at Eddie Hearn and Anthony Joshua and go, hey, I got all the belts. Now now let's talk numbers. I mean, or does Joshua still have the leverage because of the fan base overseas?
3: No, I think Wilder definitely has the leverage because the belts are now in the United States, and Wilder agreed to fight Joshua for less money than he, than he than he feels that he's worth, and he agreed to fight him in his own backyard. And if you want the titles back, you know, now it's your turn to kind of agree to my terms to fight to get this title back. So Wilder would definitely have the advantage in that
0: situation if that were Eddie, if Eddie, that were to happen. Eddie Hearn, man. People this. Eddie Hearn man, just do it. Dude, I honestly I just
3: think I just think Eddie Hearn doesn't like those guys and I think he just is like it's almost like a it's almost it's not quite as bad, but to me it almost feels like it's turning into like a Bob Arum, Floyd Mayweather thing, where no one, wants to, no one wants to see anyone make money off of each other, and they don't like each other, and they don't want to work with each other.
0: It, what, you know what sucks about it is, at some point here, you know, as as the promoter for your fighter, you got to start looking at the interests of your fighter, and if your fighter wants that fight, and it, look, if I'm Eddie Hearn, and I know Anthony Joshua truly believes. But Truly believes he can beat him. I will. I will not. I will not argue if somebody says maybe he's making comments because he's a little nervous. I think any human being would be nervous fighting Deontay Wilder because of how hard he punches. I don't. Yeah. And I don't think that's, I don't think that's a bad thing because you're a human being. You know but what I do think is for as much as maybe he maybe there's you know maybe he has jitters. But in the back of his mind, I truly believe Anthony Joshua thinks he's good enough to beat him. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's yes, he might be a little nervous because it might suck ass getting hit like that. you know. And, and he probably knows if, if Klitschko dropped me, I can't let this guy hit me. But this guy is not as skilled boxing as Klitschko was. And that's my advantage. At some point, mm. Eddie Hurd's got to realize that, look, this dude's trusting you with his career. Don't hurt his career. Let him fight this guy. Because... Yeah. I'll tell you flat out, look what we saw come out of November of 2016 and July of 2017. We saw Sergey Kovalev lose twice to Andre Ward. What did that do to Kovalev's career? Nothing. It didn't hurt him at all. Nope he's getting title fights he already took a title he's already headlining he's already climbing the pound for pound lists that people have again and it's because he lost to a guy who is the, the the one and one A with him yep so if 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 you if you believe in your guy let him fight Wilder if he loses it ain't going to hurt him it's only going to generate more money and get you a rematch. And how great would it be to have that story? The belts come to America. Now Joshua's going to come over to try to take the titles. Can he bring them? You know, it's, it's like it's like Lennox and Holyfield. Yeah. Boxing needs this. And as a promoter, you've got to do your justice. Because if, if I'm Joshua, I would rather take the fight than have it an unknown what would have happened.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and, and it's going to be the same thing with you know Him and Wilder are always going to be stuck The way Floyd and Manny were And, and you know for, for most of their careers And I think that some people still are Because of how long it took The what if is going to hinder a lot of their careers For all the great things you're always going to hear the what if
4: yeah. You know
0: Floyd and, Manley, Floyd and Manny finally fought And everyone said well, what if they would have done it five years ago Like as much as everyone wanted to see it Everybody still nitpicked again People yep. are going to do that the whole time with Joshua Wilder. And I don't want that for either of them because they're bringing the heavyweight division back to boxing. It's finally relevant. We finally don't have dudes just lumbering around holding the whole time like that god awful fight we saw. Um, I can't remember who it was. Who junior Fa. Uh, yeah, you know that's that's what the epitome of the heavyweight division has been. It's Klitschko beating everyone up and then every other fight's Junior Fa. You know, so just. And and here's what I'm hoping the, the kicker is for this: is Tyson Fury has come out and said, "I'll fight Joshua, but it has to be a 50 50 split." <clears throat> there is there is no way if it, Eddie it, it, needs to realize right now that if if they fight Tyson Fury and offer a 50 50 split, that you've officially ruined your credibility.
3: Yeah, because then it looks like you don't want to fight Wilder.
0: So I think this is where, now, after that bull crap that just came up, and, I mean, look, you already dropped an F-bomb on air. I love it because as much as we never do that, that's how irritating that bullshit offer is that they gave. But I think the – now, this is where I said the positive is, I think Tyson Fury might help this fight move on because people are going to go, bro, if you, if you give him 50-50, you guys are chumps. So I think now Whoa. the ball's in their court. Well, you know what? Let's take this fight and show that we're the real deal. So maybe Tyson Fury's, you know, do do type attitude gets us this fight that we all want. So thank you, Tyson Fury, for making an asinine comment like that.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that's where I say it. I I think that's where we get a little bit of a positive that came out. And it sounds like with the realization of how much numbers are coming out that they're offering a low end that maybe when a high end gets offered, they start negotiating and I don't know, but those are the two big fights that are coming up that we're hoping to see happen. Um, no other news really on the docket that I had. I know you wanted to talk Lara Charlo fight or yeah. Laura uh, fight. Heard. Um, you know, if you want to talk it for a couple minutes, we can we can we can break it down real quick. Yeah, let's break it down. Let's just do a quick like. Cause do do you, do you have your scorecard? No, I was watching it while we were on air last week, so I didn't score. Oh, that's it. right. I okay. But, but I, if I remember right, I think I had it from from just going off memory. I had it six six, but because of the knockdown, I gave it to Hurd. So one fourteen, one thirteen. So six yeah, rounds a piece to make it a one fourteen tie, but because of the ten eight round makes it one fourteen one thirteen.
3: Yeah, that's essentially what I had it too. Um, man, what a great fight! I mean, yeah, those
0: which were banging.
3: I mean, Lara, man, like everyone always criticized Lara for not for not thinking that he is tough and for, um, not like, you know, having fan friendly fights and. You know, this time he finally is in a fan-friendly fight and he loses. And it's like, man, like, sometimes you just can't listen to the fans. You just got to go out and do your thing and do what you do. Because when he started, like, trying to stay in the pocket with Hurd and not really use his movement and stuff, Mm -hmm. it it started getting ugly. I had Heard like I had Heard win like round four I believe I had him win. But I had Lara winning all those other rounds before and after that and then round eight came and it was like all heard after that. So don't listen to the fans. Fight your own <laughs> fight. Fight your own style. And don't get into brawl like another thing too, don't get into a brawl with Jared Because... He that's that's what he likes to do, and he usually will probably come come out on top.
0: <laughs> yeah, Jared heard that dude can bang, man. And we saw, and, because, and, you know, Laura, Laura was was so in control, and then I don't know. I just it's it's one of those things where you know it's almost like we we said with Amir Khan where he started going in there, and it was like why are you, why are you avoid you know why are you changing your game plan. You know, you're you're feeding into your opponent, and you know he, he eventually got dropped, and that cost. Him I mean, a fight. Jared
3: Heard Jared Heard was landing a lot of sneaky body punches, though that probably were doing more damage than they looked. So he was mm-hmm. probably tired. He probably tired Lara out quite a bit, you know. And yep. it was, it was just God. It was like it was like a tale of two different fights. I mean. For most of the fight, Lara was like on the outside in control, like hitting him with like just clean, like clean counter punches, like just clean punches and then like throwing in some combinations in there and stuff and Hurd at times looked like he didn't really have an answer for it. You know? He kind of fights like like a more athletic Antonio Margarito to me. Like, I feel like I feel like I'm watching a more athletic Margarito fight when I watch Hurd fight and it's you know he's he's a fun fighter to watch. Yeah, yeah he's
0: definitely entertaining. I do enjoy watching him fight. Um, I did want to ask you real quick before I wrap up. Now the talk obviously for is is you know Charlo Heard. Um, what do you think, Austin Trout? Because now I, be, I believe no Trout's Char, fighting the other is Is Trout fighting the other Charlo? I yeah, he's, think he fight, was. he's fighting the other Charlo. Okay. Um, so what do you think, what do you think with a Hurd-Charlo matchup? Who do you, who do you
5: got?
3: I got, I got Charlo just because I think Charlo a, can box and he's like a bigger guy than Lara. So I think Mm -hmm. he can withstand, I think he could withstand, uh, Hurd's pressure a lot better because I mean, if you looked at, if you looked at the fight and watched the fight, the size difference between Lara and Hurd was... Gigantic. It was, it was like a massive size difference. And I feel like Charlo can handle his pressure better. And I feel like Charlo can do more damage as in like probably hurting her with his punches. If he lands like clean, clean punches, like Lara
0: was. So. Oh, yep. Yep. Yeah. I I, 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 I got,
3: I I got Charlo in a
0: pretty close fight, but I, I I would, I've got Charlo. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Uh, next week, we'll, we'll talk about these fights kind of leading into what's going on, uh, leading into Cinco de weekend as well. Uh, April we'll, we'll break down what's coming up April 28th and uh, kind of leading into the May season where boxing really seems to ramp up here. Uh, next couple months after this are going to be really, really good at, with fights. Uh, also next week, we'll have our pound-for-pound pound list. Updated for quarter number two here uh, It'll be interesting To see, now that, now that a lot of these guys Have had a chance to have a fight um, Where we changed and where we slot From where we had um, Past rankings So that'll be interesting uh, Also real quick I know this is this is Tuesday related But shout out to the, the, the Wolves, Only lost by three, almost beat the Rockets Tonight but Harden went off at the very end uh, Dude, Butler's my guy I love buckets, but
3: what kind of shot was that at the end of the game, man?
0: <laughs> I didn't get to see the end of it. I saw up until like halfway through. Yeah, I saw when they were leading in the third, and then I fell asleep for like a half an hour before it went on air. Um, so, I mean, at least they showed they, could, they can kind of play. Now I don't know if it's going to last <laughs> into the next game. But also, shout out to the Minnesota Wild. 6-2 victory at home over the Winnipeg Jets tonight. Beat the piss out of them! Beat the piss out of them! In <laughs> uh, real quick Vegas, they just finished this game. They are now up three games to none against the Kings. They're about to sweep them. Maybe they're for real. Maybe they're for real. Wow. And, and also, um, as I said last night uh, in our on our group Xbox meeting, let's hope uh, Victor Oladipo can go ham. Uh, we are now. Three losses away from my Lakers getting a king because the Pacers beat the hell out of Cleveland today.
3: Yeah, I saw come, that.
0: Come to L.A. Come to L.A. where we can <laughs> we can shower you. <laughs> we can shower you. So shout out shout out to the Indiana Pacers for helping my dream of getting back to the playoffs. Um, maybe maybe a week away. Because I I'll tell you what though, not not to keep talking sports, but. I knew the Pacers were going to be difficult, but if they're going to come playing like that, holy crap, they're going to cause some problems for Toronto if they, in the second round. Oh, man. Yeah. Is Here's going to be my question. I'm going to leave you with, Elijah, and you can uh, you can call in on Tuesday and, and give me your answer, or we can just banter on if you put on your headset after this. Did Indiana win the trade with OKC? That's my uh, leaving it to your question. We'll be back next Sunday talking some more boxing. Shout out to, uh, shout out to all the guys, too, that, that came out representing Minnesota on Friday. Shout out to Gizzy calling in, talking some boxing with us, but I always. Uh, can't wait to see what's going to happen with him. June, July. Oh, making we'll some fights. Standing A Count. We'll be back next Sunday night, 10 p.m. Central. Standard time on your dial for myself and Elijah McNeil. We'll catch y'all. Standing A Count. Peace out. Bye.
1: Using an